and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest podcast on planet Earth. This is the No Sides Podcast with your hosts, Logan Steele and Austin Cavalier. Welcome to the show. We're in the basement with our good friend Dylan Godinier. Did I say that correctly? You did. You nailed it. I was you, get, you have like a hitch in it. I was getting in trouble uh, with Bailey. I was calling you Dylan Gottenier, <laughs> and she said I have to rehearse not fucking that up. So I'm glad I nailed it's it. It's been messed up like my entire life. So, <laughs> yeah, thoroughly used to it. We're we're in my basement now, so that's pretty high class. Yep. We've got a uh, we've got a nice plastic table, mm-hmm. and Dylan brought our first uh, our first table ornament. Mm-hmm. What is that? Four points. Nice little baby buckhorn. It's a nice shed there. Oh yeah. Is that a shed or did you cut it off a real? No, end? it's a shed. It's 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 not chewed up. It's probably off a two and a half year old deer. So we always start the podcast same way. We want a self introduction from Dylan. What you got for us? All right. Well, <laughs> I'm Dylan, and uh, been friends with Logan Steele for a number of years. Are you guys cousins? <laughs> that, that would be a, a, a very good place to start, so we can set the <laughs> sorry to interrupt the, the connection to uh, to the podcast yeah, for sure. So my uncle married Logan's uncle, uh, what <laughs> Logan's <laughs> aunt, yeah, her, uh, and uh, they they had two kids. Yep, and so I don't know if that technically makes us cousins. We told everybody, though. yeah. <laughs> Told everyone we were cousins. I don't think it makes you anything. No, I don't think so. No, just just buddies with a with a, a family story. Yeah. I like the cousin story. Yeah, but yeah, no, I grew up in Des Moines, uh, North Side. Went grew up in the Highland Park neighborhood. Went to school at uh, Harding and then North, and uh, now I live outside of Bondurant. And I um, when I'm not working, I'm in the outdoors hunting, fishing. Traveling with my wife. What's your What's your day job? Because I don't even know. So my day job <laughs> is actually in the chemical manufacturing industry. Uh, I work for a manufacturer that uh, supplies chemicals and to the agricultural market, and uh, specifically seed coatings. So yep. corn and soybean seeds uh, is our primary uh, products that we make, nice. and we make a um, I call it seed paint. So it's a functional coating that helps the seed flow through the uh, planters better, um, and then there's coatings that provide insecticide or fungicide or um, any any pesticide, you know, protection and uh, protects the seed and kind of provides it like a steroid boost too. So is it bright pink? There's a red. Uh, <laughs> the red coating is one of the the most uh, common ones, and then there's greens, purples, and stuff like that. But the job that I do for the manufacturing uh, plants I work with is environmental health and safety. So. It's a German-owned company, and they are like above and beyond every compliance, you know, with regulations. So my job is to ensure that the manufacturing <clears throat> sites licensed to operate continues with air permitting, environmental waste, OSHA trainings. I mean, it's a pretty wide, you know, bre- like breadth of responsibility. But yeah. it's a it's a rewarding job. You know, it's something that it's. I kind of fell into it. Nice. I always forget how smart you are. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a, I was at like a farm party one time, like in a machine shop. 
a bunch of combines around, a mm-hmm. bunch of cowboys drinking. And there was a, there was a Folgers coffee can full of uh, soybeans. And I was like, oh, cool. I was like playing with these beans. And like the owner of the machine shop came over, grabbed me by the fucking hand and took me over to the sink to wash it off. And he's like, you're not a farm boy, are you? I'm like, I'm about as city as it gets. He's so like, those, yeah, those the, must've been coated seeds. He's then. like, you don't want to be touching that shit, but <laughs> I, I didn't know, you yeah. know? Yeah. So luckily the, the facilities I work with, uh, they, they manufacture, uh, non-hazardous ingredients gotcha. uh, and some of the more uh, hazardous uh, chemicals are manufactured at our bigger sites. Um, but so my job, kind of what I get into is like auditing facilities, um, all across the country. I mean, a lot down in Texas, some in Missouri, um, but my primary plants are in Ames and uh, down in uh, Missouri, uh, north of Kansas City. Did you go to school for that? Or? I went to school for environmental studies and uh, ended up landing an internship uh, north of Ames while I was at Iowa State. Um, so we were at Iowa State at the same time. Yep. And yep. we, we had lots of mutual friends, but we never really chopped it up. It yeah. was, I, I know our paths crossed. But I, was we, a, I was a douchebag. You didn't want it. <laughs> you were a DJ. You were too cool for me. Huh? I don't think. I, <laughs> in my own mind, maybe. <laughs> I, I, one of the first times I think I met you is when you uh, were DJing at the top of, uh, what was that restaurant? Oh, my God. The restaurant Isn't it a restaurant at the top of Legacy Towers? Le- legends. Legends, yeah. Oh, yeah. They had a Legends restaurant at the top of this apartment building. I think that's the very first time I met you. Dude, when it, when it, when it was like... <laughs> It was failing, right? Yeah, they brought it didn't in, last very long. They brought it? in a club promoter towards the end. Like you could tell they were strapped oh, yeah. for cash and they needed a DJ. And so they brought me in. Oh, they fucking worked me over. They, <laughs> they tried not paying me and shit. It oh was, yeah. I think I went there with like Tad and Kirk and you know Johnny and those guys. I, I think it's uh I think it's a dining hall now and they they bought it and they turned that whole building into like a dorm. Yeah, I got some crazy stories that I'm definitely not going to go into in, in that building. But <laughs> that was either a, 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 yeah, a low point in my yeah. life or a high point. I can't, yeah. I can't decide what. So, so I know. So like the way that I recognized you is like Austin, the DJ, but the DJ guy. Now, now you're the podcaster. So. I've come so far, mm-hmm. but, but yeah. maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> we are in a basement. Yeah, we're podcasting in a basement. Yeah. yeah. So I just landed in an internship though, just straight north there. Um, I, it was kind of a crazy story how I landed, um, and how I ended up getting into the, the profession that I'm in. So I was really close to getting an internship in Alaska with the Alaska Department of Fish and Game. It would have Holy been a life, shit. I remember that. It would have been a life-changing internship. Um, and it was something that, it was like the very first goal I had in college. I actually went to the career fair and I had no idea what I was going to do in college. I, I had a good story and I was studying genetics and I'm, I'm not smart enough to study that. So I ended up changing my major after failing chemistry. <laughs> but um, anyway, I, w- the first career fair, I met this, you know, lady that was recruiting for the Alaska department of fish and game. And she's like, yeah, we have, you know, all kinds of research internships. You can come in and work on the side of the river and live in Alaska for the summer while you're not in school. So I'm like, that's what I want to do. Right. And, uh, I applied for it uh, my freshman year and I didn't get it. I talked to the interviewer and he's like, I'm like, what can I do to make myself stand out as a candidate? And he's like, you know, volunteer in a fisheries lab, you know, determine if you're going to be a fisheries major and you know your freshman year you're trying to figure out what you're going to do so i did that i volunteered in a lab ended up i ended up working for them and they they hired me so i i started working for free and then they like okay well we'll pay you 10 bucks an hour really because you're a good worker and you can do research so i I just supported grad students um research project their thesis and stuff so i worked all you know trying to get this uh you know basically my initial college resume to make me stand out the next summer Yep. And that was in between my uh, freshman and, um, and sophomore year. Um, and <clears throat> basically, they uh, I applied for it that next year. And they said, 
because I had not declared as a fisheries major, they weren't going to give it to me. It was between me and one other guy. And the, <sighs> and the guy was, and I, I just didn't want to go into fisheries. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do at that point. You know, I think I wanted to do like scientific journalism or something. So I had to have a backup plan and I ended up finding an, um, another internship, which was local. It was in story city and it I had, it said manufacturing environmental management. And so I checked it out and uh, ended up landing an internship with a printing company. I was going to say, is some do with food labels food or packaging. something? Yep, yep, correct. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. So everything from um, the Hershey bar wrappers to Dole salad bags, um, really? medical packaging, a little bit of ag chemical, but mostly food packaging. And I did it. I worked for them for shoot, six years, you wow. know, two years as an intern, intern and then four years after college. And that's what landed me in, in the EHS profession. And it was I mean, the things like when you're starting to like research professions, you know, good work life balance, good job satisfaction, um, job security, you know, regulations are only getting more stringent. So it was right. like, it was just made sense. And I just kind of landed in that profession. What, what's EHS stand for again? Environmental health and safety. Yeah, so my, my job title is environmental health and safety specialist. Uh, my career trajectory would like land me as like an EHS director. Right. But ultimately my goal, and I've done, I've dabbled in it a little bit is consulting. So I've consulted for like Dan Foss power solutions uh, wow. and uh, done, done a little bit of side hustles um, with projects around e in the EHS uh, realm, but it's just crazy. I mean, I did not, you know, when I went to college, it's like, I did not, you know, think, Oh, I'm going to go be an EHS nerd. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So, and then I ended up switching jobs in 2018 and, I've been with a chemical company now for, I went, so I went from the food packaging to the chemical manufacturing industry and it was a, it was a power move. <laughs> are, are you the guy that, uh, all the, all the laborers hate when you show up? No. So that's, I mean, that's the stereotype, right? <laughs> like an OSHA guy, right? <laughs> so that's the guy on the construction job and I've, su I've supervised contractors and, gotcha. and, uh, you know, um, they're, there's definitely a, a way to approach this job to where you don't have to be that guy. Yeah. Rock but, on. But, uh, it's, you know, it, it's a very technical job. There's yeah. a lot of, like I said, you can specialize in certain facets of it, or you can be a generalist and know a lot about a little, you know, a little about a lot, yeah. you know, and that's what, that's the way I, I, I kind of work, but there's people in my company that know a lot about a very, very, you know, super, like super focused topic in EHS. So nice. do you run into a lot of problems with your age? Uh, not, not really. I've been fortunate. Like, I mean, I have, I've had two jobs, you know, I, I, I would just say that because I remember years ago, it might've been right when you were moving to Bonnery out mm -hmm. there and we had, I think we were staying on your deck and we were talking and you were, I can't remember it. Had you already taken this job or I, I took the job in 2018. <clears throat> so it was like right around the time that I moved into that house a couple, it's, I think a couple of years before. I remember you're kind of nervous about whether or not they'd take you seriously, kind of judge you differently for just being a younger guy and probably dealing with a lot of older people. Yeah. I mean, so like when you, when you approach somebody, it's just like anything else. You, you got to have credibility. If you're not, if you're not aware of the process and what their day, their day to day is and their responsibility is, you know, they're never going to respect you. So in my job, like my job is to know what hazards they have, what exposures they have and try to control them, you know, try to influence their day. But yeah, I mean, when you, when you talk about somebody who's a, a baby boomer, you know, been working in a manufacturing facility for 30 years, you know, you can't go in there all cocky, like, you know, <laughs> Oh, you better wear your safety glasses. You know, yeah. it's like, you got to focus on, uh, you know, what's really their life safety threats and what, you know, what's going to make sure that they get home to their family at the end of the day, every day. And right. that's, that's the purpose of my job is to make sure that the people that I work with are 
safe, healthy, and get home, you know. On a day-to-day basis, are you spending more time like at a desk in an office or are you in, where, what does your work environment look like? Um, so it, it depends. My, my job, like I, like I said, I, I can be out in the plant, you know, depending if we have a lot of construction projects going on or if we have, you know, uh, lots of process issues. Um, but there's a lot of paperwork to my job. I'm not going to lie. You really? Know? Oh yeah. I mean, especially being a, this, the site that I have, I control, or I'm like responsible for all the facets, um, of the compliance. So environmental permits, waste you know, management, OSHA training, um, and then internal company compliance where like some of the other bigger plants, they have a full team where there's an environmental specialist. That's all they're responsible for. They have a training specialist, you know, so, but I can, I mean, I've been to some of the most hazardous chemical company, uh, chemical sites in North America. Really? Yeah. So down in Hannibal, Missouri is a very, very big chemical company uh, or chemical you, site. What are they producing down there? They're producing all the active ingredients. So when, when that farmer said, uh, you know, don't touch that seed, uh, the active ingredients and in that is uh, the, the what shit, they're the, making down the there. The stuff that isn't uh, diluted down. Yeah. Oh. No, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not water-based chemistry. So what would happen if you dip your hand in a bucket of that? Oh, I mean, not, it's a, uh, it's, kid, it's more, kids are born with three eyes. No, no, it's uh that's, that's more of a, of a, uh, a chronic exposure concern. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but, but there's definitely, but so you know, in in my job, you know, it's a I I spend probably you know a lot of time in the field, and then you know I'd say you know sixty percent in the office, forty percent you know going to the plants and stuff like that. When you say uh, a place like that, is is it a, is it a well run operation or? Yeah, so they're a German company. You okay, know? So, so it's very yeah. specific and very clean. Yeah, yeah. Without naming them, I mean they're they're yeah, you're they're, good, they're you're the good. Lo- they're the largest chemical company in the world. So if you, you know, that's a Google away. Yeah, yeah. So, but they, uh, you know, it's it's a great company to work for. You know, they're they're, good. they're terrific. Um, they've taken care of me. They, you know, it's like I said. You know, I'm I'm very fortunate to. Have been, I'm 30 years old and. Um, I've only had two jobs, you know, you think about a lot of people that, you know, graduate college and they play that job oh, hopping game and, you know, they're trying to play a, a different game, you know, than, than, than I am. And hundred percent. And my values are in Iowa, my, you know, and my, uh, my roots are in Iowa. So that's, that's been a, um, uh, it, it's prohibited me from taking other, you know, other opportunities. So, yeah. but with COVID and the, the remote work, you know, ability now it's, you know, I'll definitely have opportunities to advance. Is there any, uh, have you seen like a spill? Like, have you seen like a, have you been a part of any sort of like catastrophes in your, is that the right word? Uh, yeah. It's a uh, no, yeah, knock, right knock on wood. Uh, I have not been a part of any, you know, huge industrial accidents. Weren't but, you, weren't you, Logan, weren't oh, you part he was of, at bar, bar saw, right? Logan, were yeah. you part of a chemical event? Uh, <clears throat> no, it actually, I started right after it. They're I remember that. Rebuilding the warehouse. Who was that guy, Kyle? Uncle Steve was part of it, no, wasn't, wasn't it? No, wasn't it Kyle you hung out with? Yes. Kyle. <laughs> yeah, dude. But yeah, no, so, I mean, I, I have not, you know, luckily been a part of any, um, you know, mass casualty, industrial accidents, but the, there, you know, I've been, a, I've worked at sites and been to sites that have experienced, experienced. that. It's a very, um, it's you a know, scary fucking oh, thing, oh, right? Oh, yeah, you know, it's, it reinforces why I do my job and why right. why my job's a thing for sure. Because in a spot like that, with working with that kind of stuff, even static is is scary, right? I'm a static nerd, so. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I what work, makes I'm, you a static nerd? Um, one of the. <laughs> it's funny that you brought that up. <laughs> We're going because, down a rabbit hole. Yeah, well, it's not really in a rabbit hole. It's it's connected <laughs> to my to, to my job, but oh. uh, you know when I when I worked in the printing industry, we were solvent based ink, you know, uh, printing and. Uh, static electricity on a plastic film can cause an ignition source. So you're laying down flammable liquid and ink on a, 
you know, film, a uh, plastic film that's traveling 1500 feet per second through a machine. Um, and you're printing up to, you know, eight to 10 colors on it. And the static electricity, you have to not only from a, like prevent a fire standpoint, but you don't want to wind static into a roll because if you wind static into a printing roll of packaging, and then you go to like, you know, finish it out and the final product, the people handling it get shocked. Seriously? Yeah. So like, like if a, you like, like a big shock, like it'll drop you to your knees. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Like there's people been hit in, like in the crotch area with a static, uh, a static shock from a roll. See, the only static I know is walking across the carpet in the, in the, you know, or like yeah, uh, t- touching a dog. That's touching, it's, t- it's literally what blew up that warehouse. They had a yeah, static. They didn't, bound and gr- they didn't bond, uh, bond and ground the, the, the chemical transfer. So when you, the one, like a safety topic, one-on-one that I teach anybody in Whoa. manufacturing is you have to, ground your you know whatever vessel you're transferring out of and you have to bond the container that you're transferring into so, so. When, you, when you're saying these printing machines like they're running yeah. they're running so many revolutions so they're building up a lot of stuff they have the, the film they, yeah they you have got the ability to build yeah. up Pl- plastic is, is non-conductive so it holds fuck. a static charge on the surface and then you have to dissipate it so i i, I, ha- I worked with one of the most uh the, the his name was uh, dr kelly robinson and he was a, a world-renowned static um expert and it was in response to a fire that happened in our ink department that was believed to be uh you know believed to be static charge so yeah it's got all those cool lights that are uh, non-static um, oh uh, so you're talking about rated you know class one div one rated yeah so like when you have flammable environments in a manufacturing facility you have to have rated electrical equipment so you have to have everything all your junction boxes have to be sealed your lights have to be rated um your flashlights i mean anything that has the potential to creating an ignition source has to be rated for that area. A dude took a static electricity shot to the dick. It was <laughs> strong well, enough no, to knock to, him to the ground. It was to the belt. How do we skip over that? It, it hit him in the belt. And oh, then, you know, and, and it, yeah, it, it gets, you know, I mean it. Oh yeah. So we, <laughs> so there's def- kids. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it did not cause any uh, oh, any man. physical trauma, but it definitely jolted into the floor. I'd imagine it was probably like a jolt of a taser. He didn't need Red Bull for two weeks. <laughs> I know we weren't we weren't even allowed to. I'm sure mm-hmm. you as well have cell phones or anything. Yep, that's it. That's the, part of being a classified. Yeah, yeah. classified area. This is uh, you can have rated cell phone, but again, everything has to be. Um, and one of the so I tr- I tr- what I traded was flammable liquids. And now I work with uh, combustible solids. So uh, one of the things that people don't realize is like sugar. Um, if you have a dust cloud of sugar and you have an ignition source, oh fuck, you can See, you can like literally those grain fires. And yeah, the, I, no I've explosions. Seen, yeah, 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 it's it, like corn dust. Corn dust is, oh a, is a combustible God. dust. Um, and if it gets a spark, holy shit! Yeah, yeah. So there's a term called minimum ignition energy, and the lower MIE, the basically the more hazardous it is, the more likely it can you know blow up. But the big thing, like the big thing with uh, combustible dust is housekeeping, you know, it's like a sugar, this sugar plant that exploded. I think it killed like 30 people. Oh my God. And, um, it's, um, and they're making sugar, sugar. Yeah. yeah. And they, they just were, they just accepted that their process didn't contain everything. And this, there was a small explosion. So I don't, I mean, if you Google uh, the chemical safety board, um, sugar plant explosion on YouTube, you'll be able to see a lot of really smart people break, break this down and like any chemical, um, catastrophes, like we were talking earlier, the chemical safety board on YouTube, you'll, you'll learn a lot. So, really, oh yeah. But that sugar plant, like one explosion, it was a, like, it was a smaller explosion. It, it's not the one that leveled the plant. It 
created enough vibration to displace a lot more sugar into the air. So it was all, you know, settled on surfaces on their conveyors, on the sides of their conveyor belts, on the sides of their process. And that first explosion knocked everything into the air. And the second one leveled the place. I mean, it was two explosions. Yeah, yeah, it was two back-to-back explosions. So yeah, fuck all other podcasts. We're talking about sugar exploding. <laughs> huh? I, I, we're I creating content remember, right I now. I can't remember the name of that site, but uh, that's wild. Yeah. You never would think that. I've seen like the grain elevator thing, yeah, yeah. where it just levels the place. Yeah. yeah, weird. So OSHA, after you know um, things like that, they create what's called the National Emphasis Program, and then they develop standards in response to it. So insane. All the regulations are in response to bad stuff happening. You know, people losing, you know, their lives. Yeah, and any person that ever tells you that your job, they, <laughs> that you shouldn't be telling them what to do, you should just have a YouTube highlight <laughs> reel of sugar explosions. <laughs> you know, you do, you do, you do have to kind of scare people into safety. You know, no the, shit. The, yeah, certain I would pe- never know. Yeah, certain people that don't have common, a certain degree of common sense, um, they weren't raised a certain way. You know, you have to um, use some bit of a shock factor to get them to, you know, to abide and get them to know that it's coming from a place that like, you know, there's certain companies that care, you know, they don't, they don't want to hurt you. They yeah. don't, you know, they want you to go home and have a livelihood and be able to support your family. Yeah. But they don't want their, their whole line to blow up either. Yeah. There's a few factors there too. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's, that's my job and what, and what I do, you know, is uh, work in that space. And, um, I'm, I definitely don't regret kind of would I have liked to have gone to Alaska and lived on the side of a river, made 25 bucks an hour and, you know, not ha- had all my expenses paid for and just like had that experience. I think my, I think my life would be drastically different if it, if that did happen, but yeah. that's, that's not the dimension that I'm in. So. Yeah. Everything about life is weird. There's, yeah. there's, there's forks in the road. And uh, we like to talk about that on here about people that chose that one, yeah. you know, that one way, or maybe, you know, they weren't allowed oh, yeah. to go another way, but, um, we like to interview weird people and that's why you're fucking here. Uh, you're the only person that I know that works out like a madman, not for appearance or for any other reason besides hunting. It's, it's a purpose. <laughs> you and campaign. Yeah. No, yeah, you're the only I, person hey, I know though, man. You're yeah. the, Matt trains another guy. He said he, he keeps wanting to me to, to get, you know, to enter. He wants to introduce him to me, but I haven't met him yet. Would, so. would you enter a gym at all if it wasn't for hunting? No, <laughs> no, not, not, after, not after I started Western hunting. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was you work, never motivated really in did you college. Work, did you work out at all before you got a little in? bit? I mean, I've always been active, yeah. but like, like the stuff that I did, you doing, know, doing curls in the basement on the North yeah. side, dude. <laughs> but don't act like you didn't, curl, you didn't curl that bar and do some pull-ups right down there. <laughs> That's yeah. wild. Yeah. So no, I mean, it, it, so it, your, your fitness journey is a hundred percent wildlife hunting yes. uh, western hunt yeah being prepared for my first western hunt yeah. was to to do that and now that i proved that i could do it the fires there you know and how, I, how bad is it is it the, the worst workout class for what eight hours or what no it's not it's and, and that's that's one of the misconceptions that if you if if you you know perceived you know campaigns as the only source of what western hunting should be and what you need to do then then yeah you would have the perception that if i don't you know do 200 curl you know, or 200 pull-ups and run 20 miles a day, then I'm not going to kill a, you know, an elk. Right. And it's just simply not true. There's guys that are, you know, 300 pounds, you know, completely out of shape really? that are killing elk, you know, 
but they have the knowledge and they, they, you know, they, they have the experience of time on the mountain. When you're starting something, right. you want to try to stack, you know, stack as many, many odds in your favor, especially something that one out of 10 guys are, are getting done every year. Money becomes a big factor in that as well, too. Oh. You can be way out of shape. And if you got enough money, you yes. put on the, cause yeah. I've met a couple of those, the, oh, yeah. the biggest, the guy with the most trophies I've ever met on his wall is the most out of shape dude I've ever seen. Yes. So same here. I don't know if we're talking about the same guy. Or not. I don't know <laughs> the guy from Muggsy's. Anyway, no, no, no. I, yeah. I want yes. to. I want to bring him on my podcast. We'll bring you back. We should. You'll, you'll have he's to, a great fucking guy. Yeah. I, I don't know why we're talking shit about. No, him. no, I'm not it's talking just, shit no, at all. And that, sorry, random man. That, that goes to the point of just that. There's so many different types of hunters out there, and the what got me into the gym was knowing that you know I'm going to do something that I've never done before in my life. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be hiking anywhere between eight to 15 miles a day up mountains. I've never been on yep. and I've uh, never really hiked before. You know, I never went out West and hiked before. So, I mean, I took a year and a half to train for this and to plan it out and to um, start. And one of the things that I'll say is like having people that are willing to help you, like that's just like anything in life, you know, that, um, and you know, you just put all these pieces into play and, and the first year I, I came really close to getting one and then didn't. And I was just, you know, when, when you say get one, you're talking about an elk, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. So I was archery, archery elk hunting. Um, first year I went out there was 2020. Um, and uh, it took me three seasons and I finally, finally brought one home. Let's take a huge step back. Okay. When, when did you get into hunting in general, not archery? Just, did you start out? Did you start out shotgun or? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, my, uh, my dad, um, I grew up, like I said, I grew up in the middle of Des Moines. I'm not a, not a farm kid and, and, uh, grew up in the middle of the city, you know, yeah. and my dad always hunted, fished. He was a you know, big outdoorsman, probably not to the degree that I was, but he definitely, you know, had, you know, tons of outdoor adventures and, you know, had a passion for the outdoors and he, and he shared that with me. And, uh, I started hunting deer when I was eight years old okay. down, down in, uh, Lucas County, Iowa. Yep. And that's where my, my family has some land and our hunting cabin is. And so, you know, shotgun hunting and a party, you know, in the kind of party format, push a deer, you know, deer camp, you know, and, uh, it's, it's good time. Yeah. There's a lot of bush lights involved in those, those party hunting. Yeah. If you've been, if you've been in a deer camp, you know that that's a, oh man, it's a one of a kind of experience. Sometimes you forget to wake up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you do. <laughs> sometimes you sleep through the whole hunt. And sometimes you walk out of the back of the cabin while everybody's hunting and you, you shoot one right out, right out back. But yeah. yeah so, I mean, I, I pheasant hunted, um, you know, with my dad fished with my dad and, uh, but he wasn't, he wasn't the the best outdoorsman. He was just kind of a mediocre outdoorsman. And, uh, you know, if he, if he was around today to see kind of what, what I've been able to accomplish really these last, these last three years, um, he, I mean, he would, he'd be beside himself. I mean, I know he, he would, he'd be proud, you know, but he, he was the type of hunter that, you know, he, I, I only saw him kill one buck in his life, you know, and he's right. like, he's in his you know fifties and he hunted, right. you know, forever, you know, just. I know he was more down there for the camaraderie and the party and it's tough. You definitely got it figured out. You mm-hmm. put, you put in the hours too, but you, you hunt smart and you put in the work, but um, it's, it's, it's a very tough thing. Those animals are a lot smarter than anybody gives them credit for. Especially mature animals. You know, when you yeah. set, when you set your goal to, you know, harvest an animal that's, you know, four and a half, five and a half years old, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a chess match. It's figured it out. Yeah. Did you get your bow back? The one that I sold you? Yeah. 
No, I have not yet. Okay. I should have brought it tonight. I couldn't remember. It's Gosh. hanging up in your dad's shop. What do you mean? What, what bow? You he, sold him a bow. I bought Dylan's first bow from him. Yeah. For my first bow. Oh, and yeah. you want it back? Well, he, I mean, he's just sitting in a shop. Yeah, he just didn't get it back. I got a new Matthew. You're going to hang it on the wall or what are you going to do? I'll probably turn it into a bow fishing bow. It's a, oh, know, it's, it's a pretty cool bow. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be cool to have back. I, my dad bought me another bow and that was when, you know, me and Logan were hanging out all the time and we were, uh, you know, shooting bows in my side yard. So it's just one of those things like the, the, like my trajectory, once you pick up a bow, you know, it's a totally different feeling. And then once you shoot a deer with a bow, like you're like, I don't, I don't really have too much desire to go have shotgun you, hunting. Have you bought in a couple bows, Logan? Like, did you buy I, one from somebody else? I got a new one. Yeah. yeah new Matthews. It's just my second bow. You bought it used, but it was all tricked out. Yeah. yeah. It was all set up. Oh yeah. He came over he, when he bought it. He came over. And I, and we shot kinda, for a while. Yeah. Helped him out with some technique. I am not. I'm not an expert shot or anything like that. But I saw you. I think you fucking are. No, how far no. do you? How far do you shoot in your backyard? I, say, I saw him hit a dinner plate from like a hundred yards. Yeah. I. I mean, I have. I'm pretty fortunate. Now. I can shoot out to like 130 yards. And you say you're not an expert. Uh, arch, arch, no, archer. No. Is it an archer? Yeah, archer. Archer. archer yeah. <laughs> Bow hunter. <laughs> archer. <laughs> Think of that that movie with the little, with the, what are the toy soldiers when they come alive? Nah, fuck it. Uh, Tommy I'm, Lee Jones? Nobody's oh, yeah, following. It's toy, it's toy soldiers. Yeah, it's toy soldiers. Yeah. I prefer like legless, you know, that's what Archer. <laughs> Archer of the... I'd rather be compared to <laughs> legless than... Of the Gorgonites. <laughs> oh, I know exactly. Gorgonites. Yeah. Um, what what would like, dude? I don't I don't even I don't even practice. What what is archery field and sports? Our local range. How far uh, they, how far is that? Sixty. They have a sixty yard that's, range. That's the farthest I yeah. shoot. So and, and you're yeah. shooting what? One hundred and thirty. Well, I don't I don't you know I practice at one hundred and thirty, but and you say you're not like a master archer. There's there's people that are just honed in better than you. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where are you, you are you practicing humil- hum- humility here? Are you trying to be humble? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't go out and try to shoot a hunt, an animal gotcha. at 130 yards. Cause gotcha. you know, there's, there's going to be people that are like, Oh, you know, that's not an ethical shot. You know, right. I practice at 130. So that way when I'm at 60 and 70 and 80 and 90, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a chip shot, you right. know? So when you can hold steady and you can settle that pin and you can, you know, have the, you know, have a good shot, you know, and then at, you know, a hundred plus, then those other shots become a heck of a lot easier. How far did you drop that pronghorn from? That That's a good story. That's a good one to, to talk about. Go um, into it. Tell well, us. Well, it's, it's 115 yards. <laughs> <laughs> Does that piss people off in the yeah, hunting community? Yeah, it does. It does. They get they do get a little uh, fragile about you know really like, like oh you know what if he moves or fuck, you know fuck you it's like the, I'm the in, hang time on the arrow is too long he can react and it can hit him in the ass yeah well there's <laughs> can also hit him in the eye asshole there's there, there's arteries <laughs> and veins in the ass but you know you, you, you hate to sit, you hate to to you know wound an animal and uh, that's why you practice yeah and that's why you know I'm not going out and you know targeting to shoot an animal at 115 yards i missed six goats on that trip <laughs> at 40 50 60 is a, 70 is a goat an antelope yeah goat another another term for antelope. really yeah they kind of look like a goat don't they uh you know they're uh it's they're, a weird fucking animal let's just call it what it is i can drop some definitely some facts on the antelope it's one of my favorite animals to hunt so uh, uh we we talked about this mm-hmm. it's native right yes yep that so, thing looks like to it, wyoming it looks like it's from fucking Africa. Aren't they like the fastest animal <laughs> in North America? Correct. Correct. Yeah. And they're uh, the only thing they're related to that, you know, at least that from what I've read is a giraffe. What? Yeah. There's nothing that they're like, they're, 
when Lewis and Clark came on their expedition, they, they called them the pronghorn antelope um, because they looked like pronghorn in Africa, but they're actually genealogically um, been traced to. Um, oh, so, uh, so they're, they're really not, a, they're not a deer at all. No, they're not a cervid. I don't believe, a, a I don't believe I might get corrected on that, but this is a good podcast. So um, closer to a giraffe. Yeah. Look at the, the drafts kind of look at their face, you know, I'm going to feel stupid if they are part of a cervid family, <laughs> but I, I, I really, don't, quick, I really don't think they are. Cervid is the deer family. I don't think they're deer. If, if you had to dress a giraffe up for like a dinner date, would you put the tie up by the head or down by the body on the neck there? Um, down by the, down by the body because you know, they got them long necks. Have you seen them fight? Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's it's nuts. Yeah. They're, they're not going to want a bow. They're going to mess their bow tie up. Oh, dude, yeah. It's out their neck. They're kind know? of the opposite of you. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? Big head, tiny body. <laughs> Big body, baby. <laughs> oh, so for those of you that don't know me, I have uh, an above, like a, an above average size head. <laughs> Can you fit into hats? I can't fit into hats. All right. So another funny story about right. that. We'll come back to the pronghorns yeah, in a second. So when I was in little American football, we were, you know, first, it was the first like equipment is when you get your Logan's pads, crying your for the pads record. and your helmet, you know, oh, and this is, you know, on the north side of Des Moines, I got, you know, all my buddies and they, uh, everybody's getting their helmets and I, I'm like going through them all, you know, large XL and, and none of the youth helmets fit me. So like, got near, you're going to have to go with this practice without, you know, helmet. we're going to have to get one from the high school locker <laughs> after. So they went over to the high school locker room and got me a, got me a, you know, a real helmet. So a lot of brains. You sound like a smart dude, man. Oh, it's, yeah. Kind of a place to put it. <laughs> I don't know about that. Can you fit into like a ball cap though? Uh, when I, when I, one of the things I say, one of my sayings is, uh, if, if I put a hat on and it fits, I buy it. Right. I don't care what it says on it. I don't know how big my head is. I, I don't know if we I, have, I don't, and mine's not an eight. I think it's seven and three. Quarter. I can't fit into hats. Cause it's, yeah. it, especially if I do buy them, I can't wear them, no. uh, backwards because I only have, it's hanging on by a thread, you know, <laughs> it's hanging on by one or two clicks. Yeah. And we definitely have some common ground. There's here. a, there's a, <laughs> there's a brand called mammoth. That mm -hmm. makes, mm -hmm. that makes, um, I, it's been advertised to me. Yeah. Cause people around it's, me and my phone's it's popped up on my feet. Fun, fun yeah. of my big head. Yeah. People, it's like big man, big man, head. big man glasses and big man yeah. hats. hats for more well-endowed men. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but you know, back circling back around to that, back. to that antelope story is, uh, yeah, man, uh, another little kicker on that uh, story was my, my hunting partner, uh, Casey Robinson. He's a, you know, awesome buddy. He's I'd give him a ton of credit for taking my hunting uh, to the next level because he's from Western Nebraska. Before you, go, mm -hmm. did you meet him online? Yeah, he's a he's a Craig, his, he's a Craigslist buddy. That's, a, that's so and long. he's one of my he's one of my best friends. Can, I mean, can you deconstruct that and just start from the beginning? Because I love yeah, the story. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry to to make no, it. No, you're good. You're good. You, so, you. um, but uh, yeah, so my buddy Casey Robinson, uh, he uh, was selling an art uh, a bow uh, site. And I, I was, I think I had like a three pin site and he had like a seven pin site he put up for sale on a Craigslist. It was, you know, before Facebook marketplace had really taken off. And right. so I, uh, I'm like, man, I need to be able to shoot further. I want to, you know, go on other, I have aspirations to go on bigger and better hunts than just whitetail, you know, and I want and I, and I've had big bucks at really far, you know, at like 60 yards. And I'm like, I need more pins to be able to shoot that far. So I went to go buy this site and met him and, uh, he was in Ames. I was working and living in Ames at the time. And, 
he uh, just moved to Iowa chasing a girl. Uh, met her on Tinder. He lied to me and told me told me he met her at Okaboji. Uh, like, and then come to find out, she, he, he didn't. But uh, we've we've been friends ever since. And uh, he's Craigslist Casey to all my friends that give me shit. But yeah, he's uh, he's he's integrated into my friend group. He's at all my game feeds now. And uh, yeah, he's me and him go on some some pretty cool hunts and uh, the pronghorn hunt. He was actually in the hospital getting his appendix out when I killed that goat. So it's a pretty cool story. He, uh, <clears throat> he, he thought I fed him some pheasant the night before on camp, you know, and the next day we're out hunting and he's up chucking and just like, you know, puking, and, you know, he's having me pull over every couple of miles and, and he's like, dude, you gave me food poisoning. I'm like, I would be sick too, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, I don't think out. it is, you know? So we, we hunted for like most of the morning and then he's like, Could you just drop me off back at camp. And he ended up, uh, you know, having his appendix, not rupture, but it was like, when the, when the surgery took it out, it was like shriveled up and black and like could have ruptured at any point in time. Wow. So I had to rush him down to the, uh, to the hospital. I mean, we were, we're out in the middle of nowhere and I had to rush him two hours to a hospital to get emergency surgery. I stayed in a hotel and he, uh, he was supposed to get surgery that night. We we're going to leave in the morning and the, uh, a trauma came in and took priority over his surgery. So he had to get surgery, uh, cut up, worked on in the morning. And he's like, you better go back, you know, to drive back two hours and try to finish the hunt, you know, cause he's, if you got a tag in your pocket, you know, either of us were, we're grinding. He's crazy like you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's, he pushes. And one of the, one of the best things you can, one of the best traits in a hunting partner you can find is somebody that pushes you, you know, pushes you and grinds and grinds and grinds. Cause that's good. That's what it takes to fill tags consistently. I've killed antelope five years in a row, spot and stock with a bow. Wow. That is like, I mean, a good, you know, it's, and, and th- that those skills have been, you know, built on every year. But so he, he told me, you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta drive two back in two hours. You know, I can, you know, I'll be out by noon. You get, you can hunt the morning. And this is after missing five goats. So I'm not very motivated. Shooting I shoot arrows at him. Oh yeah. You know, and then having to get into sleep in a hotel bed. I'm like, you know, I, he, he calls me at five in the morning before his surgery. And he's like, are you out of bed? Are you driving? And I'm like, Oh, I'm in bed. I'm thinking about, you know, not going. He's like, go, go. So he, he talked me into it. I ran up there. I missed one. So that was my sixth goat I missed that morning. I was like leaving with, and he had, he was out of surgery at that point. And, uh, I saw one and ended up making a move on him and had 115. I, he, I, I stalked through this Valley. I saw him. He was, he was feeding out on this uh, hay field and I stalked this Valley and I came up on this Ridge and I was face to face with that goat at uh, 30 yards. And he busted me because their eyesight is just like a hawk. Their, their eyes are on the sides of their head, so they can actually see 270 degrees around their head. Really? Fuck. Yeah. So, and they can pick you off like that. And there's no cover out there. I mean, this is, you know, just barren land. Plains, right? Yeah. yeah. You have the Great Plains. Yep. And uh, so he runs out from 30 to 115 and stops and he, and they do this wheeze. It's called, I mean, it's, have you ever heard of deer snort wheeze? Oh, it's so weird. It, well, they, they, well, a deer blowing is an alert sound, but then a deer snort wheeze. Do you know, have you ever heard that? That is, I, I think I have. I've had a lot of deer blow on me because I think my yeah. My, so my, I, my I, you, you're probably more familiar with blowing, <laughs> <laughs> not snort wheeze. Sounds, a snort, <laughs> a snort wheeze is a uh, is a sound where a buck is actually uh, you know trying to puff off his chest and goes. <laughs> so that that's actually a snort wheeze, and if you hear a buck make that noise, he's basically telling any other bucks in that area like. I'm, you know, I'm the badass. Like I'm, you don't, you know, don't come over here. Yeah. I guess they just blow on me. It, it scared me one time so bad. I thought a Sasquatch was in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was dozing off yeah. and a buck blew. Like, oh my god! I thought I was yeah. going to piss myself. So the 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 antelope when they blow, like not when not when they snort weeds, but it sounds like snort weeds. When they blow for like you know danger, right. it sounds like a kazoo. It's like really. <laughs> Like, it's such a weird noise. So he blew and ran out to 115. I dialed my site. I have, a, I have a new site that I can dial with, you know, out to 100 and dial all my pins in for longer ranges. So I dialed it out to 100 and popped a range off 115, settled the pin and just sent it. And it hit him, you know, high shoulder. And those antelope, they're not a whitetail. They they don't take an arrow very well. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Big bulky. No, they're they they're uh they're easy to take down. Oh, they're easy yeah, to take white down. Yeah, white tails, you can, you know, they are the toughest animal in North America, I would say. Really? Yeah, yeah. But an antelope, you know, you can shoot them, they'll go lay down and you can recover them, especially out there there's so why is that? Why why are they they're not? smaller bones? They're, I mean, they're only like a hundred, I think a hundred pounds, hundred and twenty pounds. Oh, yeah, they're smaller. What's yeah. what's a big buck? Like what's a big boy? I think like a hundred, I mean. I, I'm not an expert on it. I'd say probably 130 maybe. I right. don't know. My my buddy killed one, Casey killed one uh, two years ago that was a, just an absolute toad. And um is toad mean big? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. He was a, he was a big yeah, he was a big big buck and the story of that buck that's I mean I'd, so, I got a lot of so, all those antelope stories going on. How there. many people do you know that can that can accurately drop like an antelope at that distance? Uh, I mean, not a lot of people shoot at that distance in Iowa because it's not needed. You know, you're, well, it's, you're it's hard to find too, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you're just not, when you go out on those, on those Western hunts, you know, you, you're, it's such a different class of hunting, you know, in Iowa, you're sitting in a tree stand, you know, most of your shots are going to be sub 30. I know guys that don't shoot past 20 yards. I don't shoot past 40. Yeah. You know, 40 yards is, and that's, is, is, the, is the biggest average. That's and, far from me. Yeah. Yep. So, but w- again, once you practice at it, 60, 70, 80, 90, right. 100 yards. I mean, I had Logan shooting at my house at 60 yards. Yeah. All and it's all about the coaching and just and knowing, Man. you know, having those shots. But but yeah, so I killed that goat and Yeah, finish uh, the story, sorry. No, no, I I I know we got a few stories to get into. We can't, you know, I had a pretty pretty good year, so but uh yeah, so I killed that goat, got back to the hospital and drove home with Casey uh sans appendix. <laughs> Dude, that's just it's the, you told me that story at the gym and uh it's so crazy that the fact that he pushed you to go back out. Oh yeah. You you dropped one. I FaceTimed him. He was in the hospital bay. It was like that scene. I I, I tagged him on a video on uh, the scene from the Remember the Titans, you know, when the 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 defensive end, you know. Was, <laughs> Yeah, he's usually won the championship. But dude, like, fucking, how much more redneck can it get? You picking your boy up from the hospital with a dead dead antelope in the back of the truck? I was smoking black and mild in the in the hospital parking lot, drinking bush lights, waiting for him to get discharged with an antelope head. I mean, I I had him butchered and on. I um, so out there, you know, we hunt in August. Yeah, Uh, it was it was pretty. It wasn't too hot this year, but it was in the seventies. You know, Um, and. The biggest thing with meat handling and meat care, like I'm a, I'm very, very focused on that just because I, my only reason to hunt is not just antlers, it's the meat. And right. I had that antelope, but from the, from the moment I shot him to the moment he, he was quartered up, you know, skin quartered up and on ice, it was less than 50 minutes. Wow. One of the landowners down the road, let me find, he, he, there's a few and far between trees there. So he let me, I found a shade tree in his grove and he I butchered it up in his yard and he came over and. Um, yeah, it was the first one I shot on his property and he got to come over and check it out. And 
you know, it was, it, it's cool. You know, when you find a landowner and you develop a relationship going year after year, you know, I prefer to hunt private land. Um, yeah. Cer- certain people love the public and public land challenge and hustle. Not me. If I had an opportunity, I'm going to go knock on a door, build a relationship and come back and, you know, you know, pay it forward to them, you know, whether it's offering them, you know, help on the farm or, you know, gifts and stuff like that, just to show them how much I appreciate it. Cause it's going to become harder and harder for guys like us and, oh, and our kids and stuff like that to get access to private land. It's going to be a money game. I mean, you it, see it everywhere. It already is. It yeah. is a money game. And, uh, I think it's so interesting. Uh, you didn't grow up, you didn't grow up, uh, in a rural area. You no. grew up in, in Des Moines here, yeah, North side, but you have done a great job of cultivating relationships. Like you're a door knocking mother. I, yeah, it, it, my, my my buddies love to say that I've got a callous knees and, and soft soft hands yeah. <laughs> when it comes to uh, getting permission from it just, farmers. It's, and it's interesting to me though. Like you you do have all these connections. Like like you have you have your hunting your family's hunting ground in southern mm-hmm. Iowa. Yeah. But how many other spots do you think you have that you you've door knocked and oh. cultivated? I, if we want to put an acre number on it, I probably have over 10,000 acres. That is insane. If, well, with the Western, with the Western, but a ranch out in, you know, where I hunt out West, I'm, you know, I don't want to name States cause I just yeah. don't like doing that. I don't yeah. like to tell people where I go, but, yeah. um, you know, it's, I mean, 1500 acres is a small ranch in some of these places. So, right. but again, around here, I mean, it's just, it's about building, you know, connections and holding on to them. You lose them. I mean, I just, you know, you lose them and you gain some and you just got to always be, you know, hustling to try and get some. I mean, I just, I got kicked off of one that was really convenient for me to hunt this year. And I went knocking and the second door I knocked on, I got access to a 300 acre late season farm that now, you know, I have turkey and deer permission on. But. It, it's interesting when, when, when you see these people put up these, these big, big racks, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's, there's the lucky guys. There's lucky guys that like, if I shot a deer, if I shot beginner's luck, like my brother has. Yeah. Yeah. If I shoot a big deer, just know that it's all luck. Like I didn't put in the work, but these people that are consistently putting down big, older animals, they're working at it year round. Yeah. It's uh, not, that's like part of the thing is like building your life around being a passionate outdoorsman is um, you got to have an understanding wife, which. I've, it's, I've, I've worked on that, but, uh, you know, it's a balance, right. You know, this year, um, I come off a year like I had last year where I went on so many, you know, trips and hunts and this year I'm not going to be doing that. So did you have that talk before the marriage? Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Uh, I mean, I pretty much just said, this is who I am. This is, you know, what I've been doing since I was a kid. And, um, you know, I could be out at the bar or I could be out in the timber, you yeah. know, and where yeah. would you rather have me, you know, and it's not like that, you know, but I'm saying that's a, that's some, some people say that, you know, she, she had justification. She, she hadn't really eaten too much. No, she, no, 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 not at all. So, yeah. you know, and that, that one of the things that that's pushed me to be, a, you know, to step up my game in the kitchen. So, I mean, I, if you, if you're friends with me on Facebook or Instagram, oh, yeah. you, you know that I like to take pictures of my, <laughs> uh, my, my, my food and ni- I would say 95% of what I eat is what I've, you know, killed or harvested. There's something really gratifying for me personally to cook food for other people, especially meat. I don't know what that is. Man, it's I just gotta like, get you to my game feed. Dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, and I've been invited and I'm sorry that no, I No, I've been invited to your New Year's parties and I haven't made it to that. So. I've never once gone. To his New Year's party? No, to oh. the no, Oh, been, I know. Well, I've only had two though. Trust me, he both is, years I've been on yeah, vacation. Yeah, it's it's a. T- I try to do it. So I, I try to do it between the fair and uh, July Fourth. So it's kind of a good time, I think. For, 
I think I'm, I had to retire from the New Year's Eve party. Scene. Really? Yeah. yeah, we threw some bangers. I knew I I I, I wanted to come. I, I don't I, think I, I can afford it anymore. I don't know part, if my parties are expensive. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, the game fee that's a anyway. that's a big endeavor of mine. But yeah, that you know feet you know. I, well, what I was getting at here is you know I I like to I like to buy high end meat and grill it, mm-hmm. especially for like your significant other. There's just something just primal about like providing a good meal for mm-hmm. your for your partner. The, the fact that you have harvested these things in the field takes it to another. Oh, place. that's, that's the coolest thing. Yeah. You know, like I make deer chili or deer stew or whatever, but man, your, your stuff is, is next level. That's, that's a real man right there. All, all the information's on the internet. You just gotta, <laughs> you just gotta execute and plan it. The, the, the game feeds though. I'm, that's one of my favorite things that I'm, I'm going to work. I've been, you know, it's two years in a row and it's going to, it's not going to stop. Like it's just going to get bigger and better. And, um, you know, Kenny, you know, he was wanting to offer up his, uh, you know, that, uh, his party room and yeah. it's going to get to a point where it will, I, I'm going to need that. But <laughs> I, mean, I fed, I fed 25 guys the first year, all just me cooking. It was not potluck style. Oh, I'll, ne- I'll never do that again, but it was, a. a You'll <laughs> never do potluck again. No, it was not a potluck oh, style. Dude, I yeah. cooked everything. No, that's, it's a, it's had, a death sentence. Yeah. I had tons of help. But oh, yeah. it was all me. Too much. Yeah, it was too much. And then the second year, it was uh, potluck style, and that was a little less uh, stressful. But still, providing for that many guests uh, is is tough. Mm-hmm. We tried to do it here with food and drinks for like parties and stuff. And you would see me before parties, and I was not a happy person. Yeah, like you and helped, that's, and that's uh, you, you don't eat. You don't eat. You, pig, you don't eat when you. The pig oh. was kind of convenient. The pig. Well, was I mean, it was terrible, miserable, but it was one in. It's so hot to stand next to that. Like I use that same grill. I use Kenny's grill on yeah. my, my place, and we got that, that thing. For, for the record, that's not fucking Kenny's grill. That's, oh, that's oh, my wait, grill. I got, I got that backwards. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> a nice grill. We, we had to call Kenny. Hey, can we borrow the the pig, the pig roaster? And he's like, "It's yours." And I'm like, "Well, I got it. My buddy wants to borrow it." I, that <laughs> I cooked a rabbit, uh, a, a whole you know whole body rabbit on that, uh, an elk roast. And then I think a chunk of, oh, and a hind quarter of a javelina. It makes me happy it got some use. Oh, yeah. Because the pig we put on it was not rated for that thing. That is an Amazon Mm -hmm. buy that it's good for small, maybe a lamb. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean... I mean, back to, you know, my my wife, you know, she she hasn't eaten a lot of of wild game, but being a better cook makes it more, you know, advantageous to have a freezer full of, you know... Elk burger, deer burgers, you know, all that thing. What does she think now? She doesn't like venison, but everything else that I bring home, she likes. What do you think about the gaminess of venison? It's a straight steak. She wouldn't eat a deer loin where like deer burger, deer chili, deer roast, you know, jerky sticks, you know, it's just like the, the straight, you know, deer steak. And I'm killing five, you know, four and a half, five and a half, six and a half year old bucks. I'm not killing. I mean, I used to kill, you know, one and a half, two and a half year old does and they eat a heck of a lot different than a mature bug. hundred percent. But you know, I'm, I'm not picky. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll eat two deer, you know, just myself in one year. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, and then I give it away to my family too. I got a lot of my sister and brother. Well now the bow's hunting. He doesn't, uh, doesn't, he doesn't need my, <laughs> my charity meat anymore. Oh, <laughs> well, Tay Tay will take it. Oh yeah. Is Bull yep. your brother? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'm the, I'm the youngest of three and uh, my brother's the oldest and uh, he's 36. And then uh, my sister's a year and a half older than me. You know, the, the longer I've hunted deer, which I haven't focused on in the last few years, but uh, I'll bacon wrap the loins and grill those. Oh yeah. 
But then everything else I chunk up into stew meat for like mm-hmm. my deer stew. And then I grind the rest of it into for chili. I don't have a taste for anything but the loins. And I know that sounds. I should have, yeah, I should have brought you over a, a jar of canned venison. Oh, you do that, huh? Oh, it's. That's it's, old school. It's my favorite. It's, really? Yeah, it's, it's become my favorite. The convenience of it. Like you forget to, you know, go to work and you're like, oh, what are we going to eat? Oh, you know, you didn't lay anything out. You have literally a, a jar of stew meat ready to go that you can use the juice to make gravy. You can, you know, throw you can a, eat it right out of the jar. You can eat it right out of the jar. It's vacuum packed. I mean, it's, it's the but way is that it, is it raw? No, they've, they, you, you cook it. You see it? A, no, you cook it in a vacuum, you know, oh. in a pressure cooker in a vacuum yeah. under 11 pounds of pressure for 75 minutes. And when it, by the time it comes out, you know, it's like, you know, boiled, you know, and just the most tender. It's like, it's like you braised it for really. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's become one of my most favorite ways and it saves your freezer space. And I, 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 I love it. I just canned some fresh, some tuna, some of that tuna that I got this year. Really? Too. Yep. I canned some t- tuna belly meat and then I canned like 30 pounds of, uh, of my, the last buck that I killed. Wow. I don't know if you remember this. I, I'm waiting for some Logan Steele memories. So he's been quiet. I know. Yes. I know. Yes. He's still licking, trying to licking his wounds from Scottsdale. <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out how old we were. Well, I mean, it had to been high school. Yeah, we. I mean, we started hanging out when we were sixteen. So, um, we came home one night, middle of night, and you were like, "Hell with it, loins, deer loins," and you just threw them out, threw them on the uh, the the broiler and the bottom of my parents' oven. Yep, maybe. yep, yep. We just ate deer loin at like four o'clock in the morning one night. I was a Rut Daniels before Rut Daniels loins, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the first time I ever had deer loins. Yeah, probably. It was this old, so I'll, I'll put a little more context to that story. This uh <laughs> my parents' house on 20, 23, 23 Amherst. Anybody that knows me knows that that house was a, uh, that was the place to be back in the day. And uh, anyway, they uh, we had this small galleyway kitchen with a just an old, old oven. And uh, I was, you know, grilling stuff up, you know, in high school because I, you know, I had always had, you know, deer in the freezer and uh yeah that there were plenty plenty of nights you know where we just <laughs> yeah i'm sure there's more than one i just that one stands the, out the first one yeah i was like <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna broil it. Yeah. yep okay all right it's cool yeah we, yeah, we, we, we might have had the munchies at that <laughs> point <laughs> how'd it turn out good i mean we were completely tuned up I'd, yeah uh, and my my state game has uh definitely grown leaps and bounds but but i mean you, you can't really you know as long as you broil it to it and make sure it's not overdone you're yeah you know, you're in business it, it really is a good a good meat mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i'm looking forward to to cooking up what we what i brought over yeah well, t- t- tell tell everybody what you brought so i brought over uh three three medallions of elk loin um and then uh backstrap um not inside tenderloin he's not that special Uh, (laughs) uh, but then i brought over a a big chunk of uh, antelope because that's definitely a treat and then uh, i brought over some tuna some uh some bluefin tuna from san diego what is this jerky we got here uh this is i just made this two weekends ago and uh I um I combined a hickory marinade. It's called Smoking Gun, Smoking West, or Smoking Gun. Man, it's good. Hickory, uh, hickory marinade. Um, I've been doing jerkies, and you know, I've been making jerky since I was like ten years old. So, um, that marinade, I found it at the Deer Classic last year, and it it really is. I mean, I'll I won't go any other way now. It's the best marinade, um, it's and so it's good. so convenient. And you can combine it and customize it. I mean, it's like it was exactly what I needed. 
and uh, I think it's called Smoking West. And you, I combine mango habanero buffalo wild wing sauce with the smoking gun uh, hickory marinade. Are these the same? Yeah, the they're both. Yep, they're both the same. Man. Some of it's dehydrated and some of it's in the oven. You I didn't can, have enough time to smoke it. You can taste the mango though. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's a and it's a it's a just like when you eat mango uh, habanero wings. It's a delayed heat. You know, you eat like three or four pieces, and then you're like, oh, that, that heat builds. But that's really good, bud. Yeah. But yeah. So that's uh that's the snacks I brought over. Oh, and I brought some some deer bologna that I got out of Hunter's Smokehouse down in Ackworth. That's a that's a shout out to them. They're like a high end spot. You have to bring. Oh yeah. You have to bring them meat, right? They don't take a deer. No, you got to bring them trimmed and clean trimmed, meat, clean and you meat. get your meat back. So I don't yeah. I don't typically go to lockers, but I yeah. found, I found out this year that. Uh, you can't donate a whole deer to a locker anymore, or you can't donate deboned or quartered up meat to a locker anymore. You got to take the whole dang deer in skin, oh, skin and all. And I'm like, it's 60 degrees out when I shot my buck. Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting this skin off within minutes. You know, yeah. once I get him back to the cab and he's skin quartered up and on ice and then I'll drive him to you. And that's, and that's, so I, uh, instead of donating it since, cause I couldn't, I ended up just taking it to a locker cause I had, a, you know, I got a bunch of elk that this is the time of year I get into sausage making. So yeah. whatever, make, uh, whatever came, sorry. No, you're good. When I came over there, God, show you that, good. Uh, I think it was to show you that bow. Mm-hmm. You were in the process of really messing with. I can't remember if you're just getting into it or really fine tuning it. You're uh, dry aging. So whatever uh, happened with that, that. My, my dry aging setup uh, is a, uh, it's going to be at the next house. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be a, what do you uh, dry age? I'll dry age a whole hind quarter of a deer. Um, and I, I've done it in the shotgun season or like in late season where you got to have, you know, above freezing and below, I think it's like 40, 45 or something like that. And you can dry age deer just like you would a rack of ribeyes. Oh man. And, uh, it creates a rind and the, does exactly what it does to a, um, what kind of flavor is concentrating? Flavor oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the same, you know, bacteria and the same, uh, you know, breakdown that's happening. It's the same biological process that's occurring on your beef or, you know, as it, it is in deer. Is, is there any sort of, uh, is there any sort of health risk involved in dry aging? Uh, you want to watch out for like the black and blue mold. The white mold is the good mold. Is what, uh, and that's black not, and blue mold is what will get you. Yeah, yeah. And, It'll and, get you. And one of the things, I don't know, I get, I get buddies, you know, that are way like more conscious about trying to be like super clean with, you know, handling game meat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is you know they'll, they'll be a little bit more wasteful, you know. And one of the things I tell people is we evolved with, you know, being able to smell and your nose will not lie to you. You know, yeah. and, and if it doesn't smell right, it, it's, it's probably not good for you. <laughs> you I, I think this mango, that ma- that habanero hides, is it habanero? Yeah. Mango habanero sauce. I bought it. It's Buffalo Wildling sauce. You, you get the right, you get the right bite. That's, you want a little beer afterward. That's, that's some good jerky right there. I like, I like more heat, but so it's the, good. The one thing about dry aging, um, I mean, I wish they would leave a little bit more on. I, I understand the butcher shop. You lose. Yeah. You lose meat. You lose a ton. Yeah. But down by the bone, like on the tomahawk, there's a little spot. They can't, they can't cut off. I don't think yeah. they can get there. Yeah. That part's a little kind of black looking. Yeah. Of looks like a little rotten. Like a little piece of jerky. Ooh, buddy. <laughs> it's good. Oh my God. It's the best part of the whole steak. <laughs> kind of want them to just leave me a rotten, give me a big old rotten piece of meat. <laughs> But yeah, so I have I haven't built a I haven't gotten too far into that down that rabbit hole yet. But um, when I build a shop out at the new house, it's uh it's gonna have a, like a pretty nice processing setup, so where I won't I don't have to dirty up the 
the you know the the, the, in, the, the kitchen inside. And so, but you know, <laughs> how many times does your wife come home and just be like, "What the?" Fuck? I mean, she she knows she expects it now, yeah. you know. So especially that certain time of year. Yeah, yeah. So, but she, uh, you know, she she appreciates that I, uh, you know. Like spend as much time as I do, you know, not just on, you know, hunting, but then like, you know, we try to go on trips and things like that to, to offset that. We're going to Ireland um, here Good for you um, in June, Ireland and Scotland. So um, she and, and then this this house project, we're getting ready to build a house. So that's going to be a uh, it's going to be a big focus of my time in 20, 2023. But all, all, all good things for sure. How is the house going? They're letting you do it. Uh, yes. You know, city of Pleasant Hill, um, we're on the zoning, um, you know, docket to get reviewed when it gets rezoned that pretty much green lights us, you know, got a big long driveway to build. And then, uh, <clears throat> Erica, she's an interior designer, uh, by, by school. Uh, we met at Iowa state and she's designing the floor plan. We'll get, you know, architect to get us some, some drawings and to submit. And then, uh, I'd imagine we'll probably have, hopefully have a whole, you know, best case scenario, early May, you know, worst case scenario, early June. It's incredible. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's exciting. It's gonna, it's, and, uh, my father-in-law is a, a wizard. He's, uh, he's built a lot of houses and he's going to be a, just a absolute resource for that, you know, and he's, he just retired. So he's, uh, he's ready for a project. <laughs> Are you going to build a shop or? He just, he just asked me the other day, have you thought about what size of shop that you need? Cause we're going to have to have a pad grade. I won't build it first. I'm going to build the house. I'll build the shop myself after just yeah. <clears throat> save money. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a woodworker. I don't have any aspirations to be a woodworker. Um, the only type of toys that I'm really, you know, wanting to house is, you know, maybe a, a car, like a muscle car or some type of classic car, a boat, um, side by side and maybe a tractor. So I ain't got a full shop already, but I know that's for, you know, and I don't know what, you know, I don't know what size, you know, and then I also need to have, you know, an area to process meat, you know, yeah. and potentially a little apartment. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. I go. I so my dad's out there is 40 by 40. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to go check that out to get, kind of see, you know, check some shops out and oh, then think about up quick. I know it does. That's what I'm worried about. You know? So, but the funny part though, is if you build the space big, it'll fill up. Like yeah. you'll accumulate uh, yeah. junk. You're a, yeah. Isn't that the, funny? The, gold, the goldfish effect. Yeah. What yeah. is the, what is the goldfish effect? Cause it, goldfish you, will just keep growing. Yeah. Oh, whatever really? the size of its bowl is, yeah. you know, you, bigger bowl, bigger fish. But. Yeah. If you build a, whatever size you build, you'll find stuff to fill yeah. up. Elk. So don't worry about that. So, so what's your elk? What's the elk game been looking like? Uh, I'm taking this year off. You know, okay. I, I, um, I, I was, my, my buddy and I had a plan that I'm not going to go into it on this podcast uh, about acquiring a, a, a certain state's tag. Cause I don't want them. I don't want other people to, it's oh. not, it's not illegal, but it's not, it's a He's tactic. He's not going to tell us. It's a tactic where I was getting the help of this person to, you know, my hunting partner that lives in that state to get my tag for me. And it fell through because the system crashed. Sounds so, illegal. We might be able to help. No, we, yeah. how would we help? <laughs> so anyway, the long story short. We got permission to hunt on someone's land. Well, they, is it high fence? <laughs> No, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. All right. We'll so, talk later. Okay. There's some secrecy going on the, here. The thing about, I mean, the thing about hunting, you know, is like, there's just, you know, there's the, the, the process of getting tags is getting harder and harder. So, um, you know, we got kind of screwed over the system, the system crashed and, uh, you know, wasn't able, and he had to go back to work. Um, and so he ended, it didn't end up getting a tag for me. There's a, there's still a, there's still, pro, I'd give it, if I was to put a percentage on, I'd say there's probably a 25% chance that I still, scratch out an elk, but, uh, elk hunt 
but it'll only be a week long, potentially in like Colorado or something. Gotcha. But so, yeah, but no, I mean, coming off a year, like I just did, I Can mean, you talk about that? Yeah. Thank so you. yeah, I'll give you kind of a timeline of what I accomplished last year. Cause it's something that I don't think I'll ever top again. Um, so, uh, in spring, uh, shot a, uh, Merriam Turkey with my bow. I shot him at what, s- 75 yards. What's a Merriam? Is that what we it's have a here? Sub, it's a species of turkeys. No, we have Easterns here. Easterns. Yeah. So I've shot Easterns my whole life. And then Merriams are out West in uh, Nebraska okay. and in the mountains. You have Merriams. You have Rio Grande uh, turkeys, then There's you have Osceola's. Bunch of weird ones. There's right? a grand slam of turkeys, so you know. Not including the one that's down in oh, Brazil. Or yeah, that, that's that's not no, that's that's, that's the oscillated turkey, oh. and those things are beautiful. Are you allowed to hunt them? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can. Yep, yep. Look like beautiful. a peacock. They're, yeah, they look like a peacock and a turkey had a baby. Wow. But uh, anyway. yeah, so I shot a Mary shot Marian. a Marian turkey at 75 yards uh, with the bow, and then I uh, in Western Nebraska. <clears throat> And then I went out to um, San Diego, California, uh, stayed in Mission Beach, and uh, it caught three 95-pound, well, a 95, an 87, and an 85-pound tuna. So wow. got to bring all those home. Um, just a, you know, I've been at it for a couple of years. I had some bad luck with just fishing conditions and trips getting canceled, but um, finally got that, um, trip um, done. And, the, and this trip was even screwed up. We, uh, had engine problems and my cousin, uh, was with me and he ended up having a limp back to shore and he didn't get to go fishing the next day with me. I found an alternative guy that only had one spot open. Really? Yeah. So we were so out the, there. The guide boat? Was it a guide boat? Yeah. It's a two hour drive. We got out to the fishing grounds and we were in them. They were blowing up all around us. We had one on and lost them. And we were, I mean, we were in them. We were going to limit out and two, two tuna per person. I had two of my cousins with me and uh, we went to go power up to the next, you know, pool of, I mean, it was a feeding frenzy. I mean, we're talking like 500 tuna blowing oh, up, birds diving. I'm there on a bait ball, just destroying it. And uh, he went to go power up and he lost one of his power heads. He had two. 350 horse Yamaha outboards and one of them blew up and we had to go limp back in took four hours to get back in luckily we had two cases of beer and (laughs) and oh my god how mad were you he didn't he didn't charge me I mean you can't get mad you can't you know that's one of the things like they like I don't know as I've gone on trips like that and just uh you know you you He's a business owner, you know, and he, he did be, not predict that. be disappointed, but not. Yeah, not yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I didn't, you know, blame him or anything like that. You still caught fish though, right? No, they, he, he refunded me the whole. The expensive bone. Oh, for him. For oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He ate it. Yeah, yeah. He, 10 grand he was trying to find somebody else to take me out the next day and he couldn't. And I luckily really? I had alternative guides that I was following on Instagram. This guy literally posted you know, one spot open, open charter, 700 bucks, you know, and in you, the morning and, and I you, jumped on. You told everybody else, sorry guys, I'm yeah. getting, I'm getting some yeah, tuna. I, I, I sent them home with tuna though. So, you That's know, nice I, I made it right for them. Were you catching tuna that day though? When no, you know? we didn't. We were only out there for 20 minutes. Oh, but you were. And we blew, and we were, we were gone. We were, you, we were, you were going to get, a, we were going to limit out. You were going to limit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was fishing with the best guy. Uh, his name is Dwayne Diego. Um, he's one of the top most, he's sponsored by like Salty Crew. He's on all those like Yeti, um, and Traeger videos that are shot, you know, super like, really? cool. Oh yeah. I, I was fishing with the guy and his motor blew up, which, you know, kind of sucks, but, um, ended up building a relationship with this new guide that I'm going to fit. It, it, I'll, I'll fish with him for the rest of my life. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. Shout out into the depth sports fishing out of San Diego, man. <laughs> yeah. They are awesome dude. With motors that don't blow up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they, they came in clutch. Well, the other, what was really funny is the water was so calm. One of their smaller boats, a Boston, 24 foot Boston whaler, I think it is. 
Uh, so it's a boat that like you see like out on Big Creek here. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, ain't, that ain't something you take out no, in the ocean. It, we were on, dude. We were we were two hours. We were down in uh, we were we were in Mexican waters Fuck. off the coast of Tijuana fishing for them. Do you have guns? No, no. But you definitely see the the panga boats coming off of the Mexico um, resorts, taking guys out fishing. Really? Yeah. So we trolled for. Uh, you for didn't those see any go fin. fast with some bales in the back, did you? No, no. We weren't in Florida. That's Miami. That's Miami <laughs> territory. <laughs> <laughs> I just got back from Key West. That's yeah. It's, mm-hmm. We're not Key West. Where, where yeah. was I at? You were in Arizona. Yeah. No, before that. <laughs> yeah. That's I, a, I that's a desert. Uh, Aren't you down in Western yeah. states? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that that trip was freaking awesome. So I went from Merriam Turkey to to tuna fishing. Um, then went to, uh, my antelope trip and you already heard that story. So don't need to recap that. Um, so we got turkey and tuna, tuna antelope, antelopes rolled into my elk hunt. Um, and, uh, this, I, I rolled out solo this year, my good hunting buddy that had been with me for two years. He went first year with a tag and he shot a cow. Yeah. So he got one, he got a, um, a female elk, uh, it's our first year out, which is awesome that we brought home meat. He split it with me and he kept his running joke was, uh, now I, you know, I, I owe him meat and, uh, there's in- interest, uh, accruing on that meat. So <laughs> I had to give him more, but anyway, he hunted with me the, the second year without a tag. He came out and supported me. Was, really? You know, yeah. And he, he had a deer tag and he ended up shooting a doe. Uh, shout out Trevor. He, uh, he, he's another really good, he's on the same level of Casey as my as hunting buddy. Just, I mean, when you pick guys to go out hunt out West, you better trust them. You better, they better have a good attitude. They better, you know, be willing to grind yeah. and not a complainer. Cause you're going to, you're going to be, you know, sweaty, smelly, sleeping next to each other on the mountain, uh, hungry, you know, you're, I mean, it's just, you know, shit's not going to go right. Um, and, but when it does, it's, it, it's one of the best feelings in the world. So, Damn. but he didn't, he couldn't, he didn't want to go. Cause I said this week, I said, Trevor, this is my third year going out. I got a ton of money wrapped up in this. I need to take two weeks. I, I had the vacation allotted for it. My wife was supposed to go on a big trip with her girls. So it worked out perfect. I said, I'm do- devoting two weeks. So he couldn't go. He, he, he runs a fencing business, Taves Contracting out of Cedar Rapids. He's a, you know, hell of a fence builder. Shout out to him. But he, uh, he couldn't go. So I drove out 18 hours to Idaho by myself. Would you say that's dangerous? What to, to go by yourself? Yeah. Well, I had a hunting partner, oh, you did? and the, the one that lives in Idaho. Okay, rock yeah. on. Sorry, yeah. didn't follow no. that right. Yep. So, but uh, he hunted. With, he only had a week to hunt with me. Gotcha. And then, and he was. I mean, he's a game changer. Like I said, you know, the hunting community. Um, if you can make friends as easy as I do, I mean, it's uh, yeah. And you you find those people that are willing to help you, Good and you people. help them. Yeah, exactly. They and that's that's what to me. That's one of the beyond. You know, hunting is like the friendships that it's brought me and the. Yeah, you know those friendships are some of, some of my you know closest. There's a, a saying that I heard uh, recently, and it's actually from Trevor: "Is you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, or the five friends." Shit. And I was, I, I, he just told me that on Saturday night when we were when I was out to dinner with him. And I'm like, man, that's that's a good one. I gotta stop hanging out with Logan. When you hear that saying, you think about who who are the five people I hang out with yeah, the most. Yeah. You know, so. But yeah, so that, that, uh, that elk trip, uh, you know, I, it took me seven days and we'll talk about, I'm sure we'll, we'll try to get into that story at some point, but yeah, uh, don't worry about time, man. That's what's, cool. say, That's what's cool about hanging out. We just go. Yeah. Um, and then the, the last two, de- I killed two deer, uh, two of the biggest geez. deer of my life, uh, this year. a bow buck and a muzzleloader buck. I just follow you through your social yeah. media, which I can tag at the end of the, at the end of the post or whatever. But, uh. So you, what, what size deer did you, whitetails did you put down? I put down a, a seven by seven whitetail, which you're like seven by seven. Why do you, 
it literally had seven points on both sides and it was just like perfect like symmetrical it's, it's pretty uncommon to see it like that like a true 14 pointer so wow. that was with my bow behind the cabin ground have you too. measured him out at all or do you know how to do that i'm a rookie tape measure um, yeah i like for a deer i'd only measured like i think three or four of them yeah um, but i'm I'm, i measured him i think he was at like 165 yeah. maybe so he's he's my biggest for sure he's bigger than the drop time buck i killed in late season um but the thing about him is uh he's unique because he doesn't go outside of his ears his rack oh he's tall he's tall and tight and he, his beams extend like past his face i mean it's just like uh i don't know when when you see him I mean, he's at he'll be done the taxidermist is probably working on him right now so Hell yeah and he's at the one of the best taxidermists in the state of iowa really yeah shout out dk taxidermy down in new sharon dylan crawl um that guy is an absolute wizard anybody that's on this pot that listens to your podcast that's a hunter probably knows dk really oh yeah he's he's he's, he's not he's, dog, he's huh? not cheap but he's uh I, he's very ask, very good can i ask what a deer costs oh yeah he's, all, that, his, all his prices are on his on his website 800 bucks 800 bucks yeah it used that, to be used to be like 350 450 550 and then it just you know just like everything got more everything's expensive. expensive and you know you know one of, one of the best things that I, I live by nowadays is Cheap shit ain't cool. Cool shit ain't cheap. <laughs> and uh, that's such a valid fucking yeah, statement. Yeah. So yeah. And when you when you learn that as an adult, your life changes. <laughs> it really does. It really does. It makes you so, work harder. Yeah. Though. <laughs> yeah. 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 It does. It makes you uh, makes you have to earn it. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool to meet people that do cool shit. And, oh, yeah. and being able to support them. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a little sidebar story on my buddy Casey Robinson because he's actually a tax thermist uh, in training and. Uh, I predicted. I'll, I'll, I'll predict it right now. He'll, he'll be one of the best tax, turkey taxidermists in the state of Iowa within two, probably within two years, easy. Really? I mean, he he's a you know he's got the artistic touch. One of the things that makes a good taxidermist is a you know an eye for art and anatomical you know correctness. Right. And uh, he's he's uh, went to some classes to be to learn how to mount turkeys because that's his favorite bird and favorite things that we hunt together and. Uh, and he's working under DK actually as really? a subcontractor doing all the birds for him. And he's going to be going out on his own. I'm sure, you know, he's getting all kinds of training. You got to just look at those things and say birds from the surface level. This is just me being a, yeah. a big, dumb meathead here, yeah. but birds got to be more, uh, sorry, birds have to be harder to mount than like a, for a base animal, like a deer. I think the hardest is predators is what, and again, Fuck, all the feathers. Like he, he describes he describes mountain turkey as like shingling a roof. He uses oh, tweezers that's, to that's kind of what I was to place every individual feather, especially a turkey, you know, a strutted up turkey. You know, oh, he pulls all those feathers out. No, you don't pull them out. You uh, you know, you tan the hide, and, and then oh. when you you put it around a foam mold, yeah. and then when it's drying, you you know, that skin it takes so many days to dry. You know, uh -huh. and he has to place, I guess, every individual feather. But whoa, but the predators are the ones that are you know like the expressions of a predator yeah. are, would be or what one of the best advice that he gave me is when you're evaluating taxidermists is to look at their predators. If they can do a bobcat, a coyote, a mountain lion, or a bear, then they can do anything. That's, Man. that's one of the things he's told me. But when I grew up, uh, the guy that, the guy that got me my bear, it's not here. The, the bear rug I have, it's a different story, but, uh, my dad has my bear mounted in his basement, full body mount. I got that when I was 13. He's kind of my uncle. He's like not related, but, we call him uncle. Oh, yeah. We all got those. I uncles. got two. I got two uncle Dan's. I got one that's a mountain man, and and the other one who's just, uncle Dan, just a <laughs> rock star is what Dan is. But, uh, yeah, he does taxidermy. I remember, dude. He he trapped a bobcat full time, full time or on the side. I, I think he actually gave it up. He's yeah. retired. He's a retired. He used to be a bear guide, fishing guide, and then a taxidermist. Yeah. 
which is like a modern modern mountain man. Yeah. But he had a he had a bobcat swatting like a maybe a bobtail or a uh, what are those um, like a pheasant or something? Like or a what? pheasant or a quail? Oh, a, quail! Yeah, uh, yeah. Bo- that's very common. bob white yeah, quail. Yeah. Just trying to swat it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was so cool. Yeah, those predator mounts. Yeah, my buddy just that's shot two two yeah. uh, two um, bob bobcats this past weekend. Big big bobcats and. He, uh, he just lost his job and he's, uh, you know, these, these cats are huge, like big, like, and really spotted. And we all talked him into it. Like, dude, you got to mount it. He's like, oh man, you know, I'm, you know, hurting for money. I'm like, dude, you, you got to mount it. Like this is a big cat. You know what I mean? So I've passed on two bobcats in my life that I think I could have just smoked. Oh yeah. There's, uh, there's a lot of them around since they reintroduced them. The, the one, the one, uh, I didn't have a tag for. So I would have hit it under a log and yeah. gone to town and got yeah. a tag. Yeah. I just was too nervous. I didn't want to like yeah. lose my truck. And you got to have a fur bearer uh, license. Yeah. And the other one. So now I always buy the fur bearer license. Yeah. And the other one, I was too nervous to shoot. I just thought he was so pretty. And our buddy Brandon was like, you passed on a bobcat. He passed on one that same year. Who, Sunshine? Yeah, Sunshine. I got to hunt with him this year. Yeah. You want to, I'll give you a funny story, yeah, yeah, funny yeah, story about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Me and him were supposed to go hunting and his wife's, you know, absolutely pregnant. Yeah. Like, like, do like the day like that day I any, think, or, and, any minute yeah and and i and i was gonna go to pocahontas up and go pheasant hunting and uh, it's a two-hour drive and and he, he was gonna come with that day well then he's like oh let's just go to dallas and go to my spots well she ends up having that kid that night so like you know he cut that close like if we would yeah. went to pocahontas and we were gone yeah. we would have been gone till 4 30 you know oh, yeah. I, I hunt all day when i go out there and we, he, he'd have missed the, the yes. bird yeah 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 <laughs> he uh so he, I, it was so funny i he, feel like he, that might happen to me one day <laughs> he was talking about that he was talking about it. he's like man he's like he was really hoping she'd come like early or late yeah. he's like because not only was he trying to time hoping the kid would come around hunting season so he could go out during the rut but he he's he's thinking about the birth as in every birthday for 18 years that yeah. he might not be able to be in the woods. Yeah. I will not be trying to have a kid in February. You better that plan that out, bud. Oh, that's already locked in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, Doing uh, that. yeah. Chast- yeah. Chastity belt comes on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, you, you, you know, you're committed to hunting yeah. when you're, when you're life planning around it. Oh yeah. Yeah, you want that rut to be in the the prime <laughs> spot. You don't want a birthday no, locked no, in there. No, especially yeah, yeah, just no. So but, you, you you were pheasant hunting, you said? Yeah, yeah. Pheasant hunting is another one of my biggest passions. I would say beyond bow hunting, just because it's my dad. Like when when he took me, he we didn't go walk a lot. We went road hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, driving down the road, spot on the ditch. I think that's incriminating. I think you just incrimin- no, 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 it's we're still, good. No. We're good. He, he, he thinks I'm going to incriminate myself with, by talking about. <laughs> so, how, I know so, the regulations. All right, I'm you got sure you got you got to be in the ditch. <laughs> so, so and you got to do them on gravel. So the, high, the highways are you can't. You, you so Iowa just, road hunting is legal still. Ditch yes, chickens. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And the wrong way is like shooting them out your window. Right. Shooting them uh, within 250 yards of a house. So uh, shooting wh- from a, an improved part of the road. You so know? if you're on gravel, yeah. you can. Can you have a loaded shotgun? Uh, you're not supposed to have a loaded shotgun. You're supposed to get out of the truck, load it, and then go after the bird. But, but yeah, so yeah, I grew up, you know, wink, hunt, wink, hunt. Yeah. wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. Does anybody do that? <laughs> hey, you know, because they're they, supposed they, to be zipped up and everything. And uh, well, now they used to be. It used to be that, and then now, like part of the complication of like the constitutional right to carry has oh. impacted that because you can technically have a loaded gun in your truck at all times. Yeah, at all times. So that yeah. 
that kind of blurs the line. So I try to be, you know, as compliant as possible just cause, um, but I, I don't road hunt until it snows, you know, I'll, I'll go field hunt and, you know, I used to have a bird dog. So, so you're, you're driving around in your truck, right. Yeah. And, uh, and you're looking for a bird. And yeah. Then, the snow makes it easy to find them usually. They, and then, and then you get out and just run after them. Like just a run, run after them. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You can pinch them. That's a technique that you What's use. What's pinching? Uh, put one guy past them and one guy on the other side, and then you pinch them because they, they'll, each other. they'll squeeze, they'll squeeze shoot out, each, shoot each other until you become Dick Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> There's certain people I want to do the pinch technique with, yeah, aka gotta, Logan. You, <laughs> you got to trust, yeah. you got to trust yeah, yeah, someone in your life and, and their hands, yeah. for sure. especially walking in the field. At too. least your vision, you're definitely putting yeah. your vision. Bird shot to the face yeah. is not a good good day for the eyeballs. No, no. Do, you, do you wear eye protection? No, no, you don't. I, I don't. I always do. Do you? Yeah. It'll save your eyes from death. Yeah, it, it will. I, I've, uh, I've I've heard safety see, talks about people that you see the yeah. BBs, man. They bounce right off those rated rated yeah. goggles. Yeah, Z, ANSI Z seven ones. Yeah. <laughs> you know the regulation too. Yeah, yeah. Impact rated goggles. <laughs> how many how many pheasants do you shoot a year? Oh man, my best year was without year, incriminating yourself. Yeah, three years ago. <laughs> yeah, three three seasons ago, I shot my buck October 20, 20th, like first or second or something. It was the year I got married in twenty twenty, and we shot a hundred and 10 birds. Um, I think I shot 50, 50 that year. Yeah. So, but definitely was not over my possession limit. Gave a lot away to family right. and uh, ate as much as I could you to li- stay you, under my possession limit. You limited out a lot. Oh yeah. 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 yeah my, my, that was the last year that my bird dog was yeah. my, my bird dog shack. Uh, that was the last year that was uh, that he was able to, to really hunt well. <laughs> uh, any, any future ambitions to get another bird dog? Oh, hundred percent. You know, gotcha. it's nice. I mean, I, my dad bought him for me when I was 16 years old. So I've, you know, had a dog for the last 13 years of my life. And, uh, it's been pretty rough not having him around. Yeah. I mean, my wife got really close to him when she worked from home, you know, and she, you know, you know, loved him to death. Dude, and, he was uh, a sweetheart. Oh yeah. That just a big, big old black lab that you yeah. know, everybody, everybody that knew me, you know, I mean, think about that. Think about that span of your life from 16 That's wild. to 29. How all old, the people that come in and out. How life. old was he when 13, he passed? 13 years, full life. That's you know? a full life for oh, a yeah. dog like that. Yeah. Uh, one, one of the coolest things that, you know, that you know to commemorate him that one of my buddies did for me the, the taxidermist casey he he you mounted your dog no. <laughs> dude i've been talking about it i'm sorry dylan oh, no i would, that, I would, just lost your puppy i'm I, sorry i would know i i i would consider mounting a dog shut I, the fuck yeah. up I've been they have about doing it with so, they have, so so hang on they have this is it too late no well yeah it is <laughs> He's, a, he's buried. I gave him a burial down on my cabin ground in the I, most beautiful fashion. But no, there's. I, a, I want you to talk and I'm going to stop talking for a little bit because I took it too far. No, no, that's that's not too far at all. There's actually a mount that uh, you can do. It's called like a soft mount and they do it with like coyotes and wolves. And it, it's like a, you know, it's flexible. It's a and, pillow. Yeah, it's a pillow. Just imagine doing that with your dog. Then you can still cuddle with your dog. That's fucked up, dude. Dude, I've been talking about doing it with Patsy, like curled up on a dog bed for the corner. That's yeah. some that's some Jeffrey Dahmer ass shit. You don't mount something you've loved for your whole life. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, why don't you do it to your to your? <laughs> you to your wife? I, I was gonna, gonna say, say do it to your wife. Stuff, you want me to stuff my wife? <laughs> I can't go down this road. That, that is you can't the say that. It's a. <laughs> I tried to stop saying it. It 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 is something that you love. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't know. I would not mount a dog. Yeah, it seems it seems wrong. But there is are that. you serious, Logan? <laughs> you gotta mount your dog, aren't you? <laughs> That's wrong. I could I could connect you with the guy. Thanks, dude. I think it would fuck with you. But he he painted he hand painted a watercolor picture 
never painted before. Uh, he this was his first watercolor. Is this a taxidermist guy? Yeah, and spitting image of of Shaq. I mean, wow. the, it, I, I bawled my eyes out when wow. I saw it, and it showed up on my doorstep without you know him telling me that you wow. can do it and put some feathers from first pheasant he shot over Shaq with him. Just a super super sentimental gift. Really? Yeah, he yep. sits right right next to my door. I see it every. Every day on the way out the door, I look wow. at that picture. So, but did, did you have to do a lot of work with your dog to, to train him to hunt bird, or is he kind of natural? Instincts, instincts yeah. man. You get a good uh, genealogy of bird dogs. They yeah. got it's a natural, and you know that you just gotta f- play fetch with them, get them out there, shoot one over them, get excited, watch them get excited, and just uh, yeah. reinforce it. Now, my next dog, he'll be a money dog. I mean, I'll invest. Yeah, I'll send him out. He'll be he'll Sun- be a yeah. Sunshine's got Sunshine's a very good dog. Got a good dog, huh? He had one of the, the expensive. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I fully plan on budgeting probably five grand for, uh, yeah. for, a all in after training, I'm going to get a Fox red lab, um, with a pointing, pointing red lab. So, but it'll be another couple of years probably. Cause I'm just, I don't know, not the freedom of not having a dog, you know, after you know, 13 years is, is, agree is with definitely, that. uh, you know, it's not, you're not, you don't have that kid, you know, to, to I saw my, uh, my, my, boarding bill for mine when i when we were in cancun i was like oof yeah. you get back and you pay that i'm like oh man just hit me yeah. twice but yeah, you know when, when, you, when you when you have them it's just one of those things where you can't you know it's you can't imagine life without them and that's uh and definitely want that you know want that feeling of when you walk in the door that absolute happiness you know yeah mine's not like that he yeah, just kind of looks at me and is like when you put hey, the steak on the grill hey yeah. <laughs> give me that button that's, that's the only time he gets excited steak night He's not a lab though. So yeah, he's a husky. Yeah. That's a good point. Yep. So, but yeah, that, uh, that, uh, you know, have, having a bird dog and, and pheasant hunting, it's, uh, it's another part of my life that I, uh, spend a lot of time in. So, it's cool to watch. It's cool yeah. to watch a good dog work, dude. Sunshine's dog ran after this. It was one of the coolest retrieves <laughs> I'd seen this year. He ran after this bird that was crippled and it was, he landed in a pasture. So this dog had a hundred percent chance of retrieval. I mean, it was, you could just see this bird land and, Sunshine's a dog. It was like 300 yards, this thing, full sprint. And it was like uh, one of those like YouTube videos. That just, I mean, he was, they were just running at, you know, the bird was running from me, grab him once and then lose him. And he just keep, you know, it was just so awesome. It was, <laughs> it was a very good. Retreat. Yeah. He sent, he sent Tucker away for a while. Yeah. Like he was. Erica is a little worried about that. You know, she's like, you know, you don't want to send them away when they're a puppy. That's one of the best stages. You know, you get yeah. to, I think the basic training I'll do, you know, get them to like six months old, seven months old then send him away. So then that way he knows his home. He knows his owner. People send their dogs away to put puppy boot camp or whatever. Yeah. Uh, even when they're not bird dogs, just to oh, yeah. get them, get them dialed in. Especially if you're working full time. Rice yeah. sent his Dalmatian away. Oh, he did? Yeah. To like, I mean, I think it's got it back now, but some dogs, you can do all that training and they'll still be, just be a piece of crap dog. Yeah. Like it just, they're just the way they are. Like all. a husky. Yeah. Some people say, <laughs> so, <laughs> He's a roommate. He ain't yeah, a dog, dude. Yeah. Yeah, my dog is not a dog. He's, he's demanding. <laughs> he's a roommate, and he's got a not an anger issue, but he's. Well, how would you describe him? He's temperamental. He's not temp. How would you describe him? Just kind of an asshole. He's yeah. kind of an asshole. He's super nice to me. He just he's, doesn't pay you any money. He's just kind of opinionated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. We've all we've all got those people in our lives that. You gotta gotta put up with because they're the family. <laughs> yeah, usually me. God damn it. So, uh, so what's the next hunt? You said you're taking some time off. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably do some turkey. I mean, the next hunt, the next season, the turkey season. I mean, obviously it's ice fishing season right now, so I'll be out catching 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 some fish through the ice. But uh, the next hunts will be uh, just turkey in the spring with yep. the bow, and then uh, hopefully I can score another antelope tag. It'll be my sixth year going out um, doing that, and then uh, just whitetail. I don't. 
I, I don't have for concrete plans for elk. Um, it all depends on how the house is going. I mean, we're going to be in the thick of it in September. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to want to go be gone, you know, two weeks in June and then, you know, potentially another week in September. No. So with the wife being an interior decorator, mm-hmm. designer, designer, uh, yeah, she, sorry. Yeah, yeah. If you call her a decorator, Shoot. she might kick you. In the well, it's, it's on air now. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So interior design, how does that play into trophy mounts? She doesn't want anything to do with them. Is there a designated part of the house? Uh, are these being- I mean, our house is like 1,400 square foot old farmhouse with no basement, you know? So they, I mean, I have a mountain in every room and I got three on the way. Yeah. So she, I mean, that, that was a topic that we just kind of had to, you know, <laughs> I had to, had to negotiate that I mean, one. But- a, a well-placed bison or elk, possibly a moose above the fireplace yeah. might have its place. Oh yeah. No. But once I mean, you're getting into your level, you might need a man cave. No, I, I'll, the, the decision will be whether to have a, like an apartment in a shop and have, you know, cause I'll probably spend a lot more time out there and not necessarily in a finished basement, you know? Yeah. I mean, cause I've got one, two, three, I'm going to have six mounts before the end of this, this year to go up. And, but the one of the things that I told her is, uh, once you start mounting stuff, then it raises the bar. Like you're not going to go mount, you know, yeah. every 140, every 150 inch buck you shoot. Yep. So um, and you're not going to, you know, and I do my own European mounts too. So like my elk, I didn't, a lot of my buddies like Casey was like, Oh, you should mount it. You should mount it. You know, I'm not going to spend 1200 bucks after I just, you know, spent all this time and money on the hunt. So you keep the whole skull on. I boil it. Yep. I boil, I boil the yeah. skull and that's, I do that myself. And I've, I've done that for, I did that. For, I do it for buddies too. I did Kenny's drops yeah. buck, uh, his brother's buck off, uh, Joe Carroll, Joe really? Carroll's grandpa. Oh yeah. I, I I don't, I mean, some guys will charge a you know, tax number 150, 175 bucks. I, I told Joe, so just give me a case of beer. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've so, always just cut mine. I've just always cut the skull cap. cap. Skull My cap. buddies give me shit for that. That, that. I have a lot of skull cap bucks and it's like an old school classic way of doing it. Yeah. A lot of, not, nowadays the Euro is the most popular. Yeah. I just have never had anything big enough I wanted to put on the wall. Yeah. yeah. So if you, if you ever shoot one and you want it boiled, I'll boil it for you. It's, Hell yeah. It's dirt. It's a dirty job for sure. But <laughs> you don't get out the beetles. No, there's a lot of different methods. People bury it. People beetle it. I, I just boil it and pressure wash it. I've gotten good enough to where one of the techniques I use. So if any of the hunters are online that do their own, this is a little hot tip for you. Mm, um, hot tip. Hot tip. <laughs> uh, you create a uh, like a wire, um, basically put it in your drill bit, and uh, you create like, a, you know, gnarl up a bunch of wire in a ball and, you know, leave one rod out and put oh. it in your drill bit. Put that in the cervical column in the brain, you know, and you make brain soup. Um, so you just basically, you know, just pul- pulverize in the face. No, no, you pull, this is so you don't get sprayed in the face. Okay. I, I hated getting sprayed in the face. Yeah. So this is, this is prevents that. Okay. So you pulverize the brain with your drill bit and before you boil it, because what happens inevitably when you boil it, that brain shrivels up into like a hardened ball. And then when you pressure wash everything to get all the, you know, loose meat off of it, it the, the brain would shoot out at you. Whereas when you pulverize it, it it'll just fall, <laughs> fall out. out. It'll yeah. just rinse out. So it's, you know, those little tricks like that, that you learn just from doing it. They 10, did that 12. with mummies <laughs> in Egypt through the, through the nose. Sticks, little sticks. I think they. A stick, stigma, got, stigmata. Got the brain out of there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think a stigmata is like a religious thing, like, a, like part of an exorcism or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they shove a needle up, up your nose. Is that where your head spins in circles? And you, you, you that might be a projectile vomit pea soup. I don't know. Somebody will have to correct me on that. I'm sure, but I'm pretty sure a stigma is some type of a religious exorcism. Any other big, uh, any other big hunts on the horizon? Are you going to do the grand slam of turkeys eventually? Uh, I'm, 
I'm not so hot to trot on turkeys. My buddy Casey, he he would rather hunt turkeys than elk, and I just I just can't. I'm, would you ever shoot a lion? A mountain lion, hundred percent. Not a not a. I have zero desire to go to Africa. I just no. I, there's not a single animal in Africa you'd ever want to kill. Maybe the kudus or something like that, but like the really big, um, you know, whatever deer or whatever you want. You wouldn't them. kill an elephant. Heck no, no. Mm. What no. about a whale? A whale? I, I don't know. I I I wanted to kill, I'd want to kill a shark. I want I definitely want to catch a shark like that. First time I ever went deep sea fishing in California. My my dad lived out there and had friends out there, and we would go out there childhood vacations, and uh, we hooked onto like a two hundred pound mako shark. No shit. And it was like on thirty pound test. Yeah. You know, not a shark rod. You yeah. Know? Not and gonna happen. My uncle's like, yeah, this thing's gonna shred us off, but you know, you can you know we can fight him. And I was so devastated. I was like an eight year old kid. You know, yeah. I was just like. Oh, wanted to catch that shark so yeah. that's definitely on my bucket list so i caught uh i caught a marlin in jamaica and that that's, was that's on my list holy shit white silver marlin blue marlin i got pictures i can show to you it's after. probably it's probably a, a silver marlin was, those are the most common ones. it was blue in color if that helps yeah. you out. <laughs> no i just it was big it took us i don't know hours to get in the boat i just remember there was four of us probably the hardest thing you've ever done yeah probably i mean yeah Workout class, did workout class, yeah, or that? Yeah. Did yeah. you did you do it all by yourself, or did you pass the rods off? There, there, there was no way to do it by myself. I mean, you get in the chair. In a chair. Oh yeah, you're in a chair. In yeah. a chair, and uh, and you would just. I, I remember reeling. No way you could do it by yourself. Are you sure my mom caught a, a <laughs> by herself? <laughs> I don't know, dude. The, the way we did it, the way we did it, we would reel until my arm went numb, and then I passed it off to my buddy. And these guys were in shape, and then they would reel until they, you know, they're like, you caught a big marlin. That's what it was. We yeah. can't do it anymore. Come on, get in here. And then yeah. they would reel. Oh yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. My mom, they were trying to take the reel from her. And she's like, if I can have kids, I can reel in this Marlin. <laughs> dad, dad went out in Hawaii one time and, uh, deep sea fishing. He caught, uh, um, two kinds of Marlins. We got a little one, a big one. They're, they're both in the basement. You blues, are, blues are one of the biggest. Things, yeah. So he caught two sailfish types of fish. And then he caught a little, uh, yellow looking tuna. It's yeah. a yellow fin or. Yeah. They're. Yellow tail, yellow, yellow tail. fin, one of the two. Yeah. It was only this big. He said he said it was like two foot long. He said the two foot long tuna fought as hard as like the five foot marlin, which was crazy. Yeah. Those but tuna are he reeled them all in himself. Nobody else wanted to help him. He was wearing a brace on his elbow for like two years. Like it actually <laughs> broke him. The tuna that I caught, I caught two back to back within five minutes of each other. I mean, they're 40 minute fights, you know. <sighs> but like I didn't use a belt or anything like that. And I'd put the rod right, like in you know, right in my like pelvis area. Yeah, and bruised, bruised yeah. like oh. like softball sized bruises. And I was sore for the whole trip, but it was uh, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is great. It's, it's just, like reeling a, a Volkswagen jet, uh, bug off the bottom of the ocean dude, floor. It's just it's crazy the power of those fish. And I never knew it until I hooked into one. And I was like, what is going on? I took a bite out of the beating heart, and it was like, did I mean, you really? It was. I didn't eat lunch God. that day because it was so good. Like it was like filled it fulfilled me like it was oh, so you, much nourishment you love the heart you, it, I, I had a modello beer in my hand thinking like you know i was because the guide you know they gut it as soon as you get it on yeah. on deck they kill it and gut it yeah. um they, they shove a needle right in his brain you know we we're talking about that so. yeah but then he pulls he cuts cuts a hole around the the asshole and then pulls the guts through the gills cuts the gills out and pulls it all out through, yeah. through the gills and he pulled the beating heart and it's like beaten you know it's like and I handed it to me, and I'm like, well, hell yeah. And I, I had a beer. Why, in my did, hand. He, why did he hand it to you? Because it was still beating. He's like, check this out. Oh. So, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to take a bite out of that while it's beating. He probably thought you were a creep, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a young guy. He's, he was 
probably seen crazier shit doing guiding trips right but, but yeah it was uh and then the guy i was fishing with you know videotaped it now I, I thought i would need that to drink that beer but it was just it was still moving in your mouth yeah, though. Oh, yeah. It, it was you're straight, a weird dude it, it was straight like real it, it tasted like a tuna steak you know but just very really? dense and i did not have to eat lunch i was you know so you think even though it was a small quantity your body just like was like nourished yeah so i haven't done it but you've seen you know obviously the liver king and all this you know beef organ and you know organ trend in the new yeah. nutrient you know Yes. space trend yep. yeah it is a trend for it's sure it'll totally you know, just, just like ice baths and everything i mean there are certain things but it's going to go up and down oh, i'm just getting like one of those ice baths exactly even, see i'm bought in <laughs> yep. so expensive yeah yep. rogan says my, it and i do it my Fuck brother it. filled up a 55 gallon drum full of ice and put it like built it all up and then he didn't even like do a test run before so he didn't fit like he couldn't get all the way down in the 55 oh. gallon drum is he, he's not very smart. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. Drums are smaller. Than I, you think. I got the, I got the family brains. So <laughs> yeah. he, he got the somewhat good looks, but no. So yeah, I took a bite out of that and it was, but the livers, um, my buddy Casey said that he took a bite out of a liver and he described it like bite of a take, tuna. No, no, no. Of a deer. Of a deer. Okay. And he said it was like taking a bite out of a, like an apple his way. Like he described like how, how the, tough it is. The density. Yeah. Like the density. The cri- the yeah, crisp, yeah. Yeah. And he said that he, you know, and this guy's like, he does not do any drugs or anything. He said he felt high. Like he felt really? a, a rush of like, you know, oh. and, and like he, he, he said there was an, a, re- a release of some type of an endorphin that like, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't done it. So every but, other, but I like, could, I could see that after biting that heart. Like I was, I mean, I felt like felt good. Yeah. I felt sad, like just like I would, didn't have to eat. You're like, you I know? need some sex. <laughs> That, you know, after a big fishing trip, that, that might have, you know. Isn't that wild? Like, it's like every other, every other culture, like, I guess, like, primitive culture, they, they, they eat the liver first. The organs are the most, I mean, that's the most, they go after. Yeah, yeah, the most but, valuable. And, and in know? America, we're like, fuck, mm-hmm. fuck that. That's I disgusting. haven't really gotten into that too much. I mean, I, I've eaten heart, deer heart. It's good. But I haven't really gone into the livers and stuff like that. Did you ever, would you ever eat a deer one? I mean, the next, yeah, oh, yeah, the next time you, you shoot I, one? I mean, I just, I don't know. I just. We pull the hearts and we give them yeah. to the landowner because yeah. he takes them to church. There's a guy that slices them thin and makes sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Out. Heart's very good. It's a very unique. Um, but you don't, you don't, I don't even know if I know how to identify the liver when I pull out the gut bag. So one of the big things I got into this year yeah. is call fat. So have you heard of that? No. So call fat is the, uh, it's a fatty layer that separates the thoracic cavity and the abdominal cavity. So it's a lines like the stomach. The chunky and, shit at the back? Yeah. It's a white, it's a, it looks like yeah. spi- spider web. It's all fat. And uh, typically- you remove all fat off of a deer because I've always been taught it's not good. You know, yeah. it's rancid. It's yeah. not. It's not rancid, but it's just not good flavor fat. Yeah, that call fat turned my ten, my buck tenderloins. I took it off of my bow buck. It turned them into ribeyes. I mean, like what? So the inside tenderloin, yeah. like it's, it's. I mean, it's a lean piece of meat. It's the Where flame. Where's the fat at again? It's, it, the, it's the flame and yawn of the deer. And I used that call fat and I wrapped it, wrapped it in it, and grilled it just like I would cook a normal steak. It's, so it's it's spider webby looking shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, is it yep. on the inside it's of the, the ribs? Inside. Yep. inside of the ribs? Yeah. It's in the. It separates. So it it's, it separates the lungs from the stomach and the rest of the abdominal cavity. It's like a thin, like liner bag. You can see through it and there's white layers. I know of fat. exactly what it is it's called. That's what, you, that's fat. what you wrap. That's yep. what you wrapped your thing in. Yeah. I thought you wrapped it in some sort of weird, like, like, like a cloth or cloth something. Or something. Yeah. I thought you yeah. were doing something gourmet. What's, what's that called? The, the cheese cloth. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that was straight up. Uh, How'd you preserve fat. it? You just grabbed it and, and cleaned kept, it and kept it. And, I didn't. I didn't freeze it or nothing. I I cooked it that next day. I rinsed it all all off, super good. And then, uh, you know, I, th- those tenderloins don't hit the freezer. Those tenderloins are getting eaten within for sure 
hours <laughs> for sure. So, but yeah, I, I think I ate that the next day. I, uh, cause I shot that buck in an evening, got it, got it home, got it all quartered up and took, take care of. And then I had a uh, call fat wrapped, uh, tenderloins the next day for lunch. And, uh, it, it, it's, I'm telling you, you, you'll eat, if you put two side by side, you'd pick the call fat, but cause it renders out the fat renders and it, it puts a flavor in it that you just, you going to take sense. I mean, yeah, I take it. I, I've already, I took it off the, the drop time buck I shot. Uh, the are you going to take a bite out of the liver of the next deer you put down? I'm just not, I don't know. Liver King, the fact that he came out on steroids, I just don't believe Juice to the gills. Yeah. Bud. You know, I mean, I was really, you know, in that primal mindset. Li- liver's always been good. For yeah. You, oh yeah. People I mean, do liver capsules. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I've, um, I used to eat, uh, gizzards and livers, you know, uh, chicken livers and stuff like that for, yeah. for appetizers at bars. But, uh, you don't think you're going to grab an organ and just take another bite out of it. I just, I don't see it. I asked because be- you, you took a bite out of a, pump, yeah. a pumping. Yeah. But that eating, do you keep the liver? I don't, I don't mess with the liver at all. I, oh. I, I just do. I, I don't feel like I can do anything culinary, like from a culinary standpoint, like I, it's Steve Renella does some stuff with his, uh, like some pa- liver pate and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It, it just, just surprises me. You, yeah. you take a bite out of a beating heart of a tuna, but you, you won't, you won't grab I draw, that. I draw the line of liver, bud. Yeah. <laughs> what about a deer heart? I mean, I, I haven't done that. The, the tuna was just, it was a special thing. He handed it to me, you know, and I'm like, and like, I, it's, I had so many tribulations to get to that tuna on the deck. I mean, right. canceled charter the year before, right. blown engine the day before. I mean, I had, you know. Ton, at that, at that point, you're like, I'm eating this thing's organs. <laughs> he, he like threw it at me. You know? And it was like, you know, what are, what are you going to do? You know? Take a, put it yeah. back down on the floor. Or take yeah. a bite. I'm, yeah. I'm a put back down on the floor kind of guy. You know what? You know, I'm, I'm preparing for this closing question. So the, this, yes, the, I know. I the know problem, the, the problem with me is if I was on the boat with you and you're crazy enough to take a bite out of that thing, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm in, but yeah. I'm not the one to initiate biting a tuna heart. <laughs> Could you do it? Probably. Yeah. Couple, couple Modellos on the boat. Oh, you get yeah, a couple Modellos. Sure. My adrenaline was so sure. high too. It was, it was the second tuna I, I caught too. So I, I would be much like, more apt to taking a bite out of a saltwater fish than I would a hundred percent, a hundred percent. The water's so much cleaner. Too. Yeah, it's I clean. I, it's, I mean, I think I would too. Yeah. yeah Plus, thing. it's a fish. Like, Dude, yeah. That heart is right next to the the poop and stuff in a deer cavity. There. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. That's a. There's a lot of space. There's more space between the asshole and a deer. Not when you heart. gut shot it like me. Poor <laughs> 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 oh, deer. Shit. No, I try to. I try to play some. Play some well, but they're, they're, they're not all winners. Are you going to open this fucking bottle, Logan? Yeah, I'll open it while you ask. Start asking him. Uh, you got any other hunting stories, or should we start wrapping our initial initial wrap ups here? I, I think we're good to wrap. I mean, that's that covers most of my year. I think. I, I think it's. I think it's interesting that your commitment to hunting. Uh, you're definitely somebody we can learn from. Uh, and that's one of the most rewarding things for me at the point where I'm at now is helping other people. Like I, I I'm one of the most like, like if if anybody gets in a boat, I've helped one of my coworkers get into bow hunting. He bought a bow in the summer yeah, and I helped him dial it in, pick it out, dial it in, get set up with a, a tree stand on public land. And he shot a damn nice buck, like 140, 150 inch buck in a spot that I put him in, you know, and, and granted I put him in that spot. He's, I'm not going to take credit and say, Oh yeah, I killed that buck. You know, right. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I deserve credit for it. But the fact that I was able to help him to get to that point, And I've helped a lot of other people just get into shooting and, yeah start a new hobby and that it, it, start, it sparks a passion in a lot of people. You know, my, my, uh, I'll try that really. My uncle, yeah. my uncle buddy that I talked about, uh, uncle Dan number two, uh, he said that he'd much rather see a kid shoot a deer, catch a fish. Get, he would much rather 
assist yes. than get his own victory because he's just had so many. Yeah, I, I do feel like I just peer pressured him into opening that bottle, and that is something to be. He's still he's still hair in the dog, so he's. I said I was going to open it. I don't care. For our listeners, uh, Logan has a single barrel store select Vans store pick Weller foolproof. From nine, isn't it from nineteen? <sighs> Oh, no, this is a 21. Never mind. What do they sell that right next to Black Velvet? That's a Holy Grail yeah, bottle, man. That's a Holy Grail bottle right there. Uh, my, my Weller foolproof? My brother is a whiskey guy, and he uh, he handed me what a... What is that, uh, a $700 bottle, Logan? Holy cow. All right, yeah. So, so Bo, we're a, little, uh, we're a little above your whistle pig... Uh, whistle pig is great. No, I, I, I don't know if he goes $700 deep. No, I don't, a, I don't know. I it, and I'm not saying there's there's a lot of good bottles out there that are that are very affordable, very aromatic. But man, th- what what is the proof on it? Does it say it's high? 115. Yeah, 114. 114. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I like that. I want to live in there. That's tasty. You asked Dylan those couple questions, and I got our closing question already nailed down. Oh, you got some good stuff. This one. All right. Hold on, let me take another sip of this. This is fucking money. Yeah, you're uh, keeping us between, uh, you're standing in between us and I elk, elk steak that. and antelope. Yep. I made Bailey. They cook, they cook quick though, so. I didn't make, I asked nicely if Bailey would pick us up some ribeyes just so we have. Uh, we'll probably have, an, I'll, we'll probably have enough these. meat for uh, what I got, but we'll see. I just, uh, I wanted to. The sashimi will fill you. <laughs> so um, the one question I like to ask most people here would you rather have Tyrannosaurus Rex arms or flamingo legs? Flamingo legs for sure. You're a bow hunter. Yeah. That's an easy one. Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to pull back a bow with a with a you could have a crossbow. Crossbows are not bows. And you, anybody listening to this podcast that wants to fight me, I will fight you. I will take it to the yard. How would you, crossbows how would you, are not bows. How would you they feel are guns. About, how would you feel about me picking up a crossbow right now? Um, I would tell you to go hunt shotgun season, bud. And that's where they belong. Logan's been, oh, I can't. Yeah, I just can't. Logan's been complaining about hey, his shoulders. I yeah. want him. He, he Guess says, what? Your bow, your, your bow career is over. You have bad shoulders. Go hunt. Go no, hunt no, just until, I, just until I have surgery. I know, but I'm, I'm saying that's what a lot of guys throw in my face when I, when I present that argument. They say, oh, you know, oh, you don't want them in the woods. I do not. Well, you no, I don't want, want them during archery. Yeah, you I don't do want these want them in your woods. I don't, I don't think that it's a, it's too, it's too much like a rifle. It's pulling a trigger and aiming a crosshair. You Dude, know? Uh, one, one went off next to me, like at the archery up there. Mm-hmm. I, went, I was like, what was that? That's a gun. Like, That's he goes, gun. Is the Raven, it was it's this big. Gun. It was two, it was like a foot and a half long. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and he told me the feet per second. And I'm like, that shouldn't be legal. Yeah. They don't call them arrows. They call them bolts. Bolts. Yeah. So. And they're, yeah. and they're short, right? They're like a foot long. Yeah. Any of your listeners that are hunters that are, if they crossbow hunt, they're going to, you know, probably pick a side. Yeah. <laughs> not going to be the side that I'm on. Well, we I don't know much about our, it. Our stance. <laughs> yeah. I'm not an expert either, but yeah. our stance now is if you crossbow hunt, then fuck you. <laughs> 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 love it everybody love has it. to have a stance yeah. what, what if they're like old and disabled then there is like yep muzzle loader seasons there's shotgun seasons you have other options other yeah you get out of other woods. options yeah get out of dylan's woods yeah no hey, my hey, woods. Hey. these are my woods now <laughs> get on out of here get on my <laughs> uh i've had a lot of store pick well or foolproofs hands down the best one i've ever had it's pretty tasty hands down i think i've had five or six of them it's pretty tasty. That is insane. That is. Uh, All right. Good. Well, you are a listener, so this isn't fair. 
Sometimes we bring people on that have never listened to us, which is we should stop bringing those people on. If you're not a fan, don't even try to come on this show. But let's say you're walking down a road, any road. Mm -hmm. uh, And you you live in You look over next to yours, next to yours, a dumpster. Mm hmm. Right behind the founders. <laughs> right behind founders. I've been, I've been back there. Yeah. <laughs> Makes it worse. Pissed back there before. In between founders and the coffee shop. Put it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Somewhere in the middle of that place. And there's a nice, nice, well-prepared thing of deviled eggs. <laughs> Do you engage? What month of the year is it? Ooh. Big. That's a very important question. Very much so. Con- the contact, the I, I need help. I need help. It's April, April 2nd. Just put you right in the middle yes, there, bud. Yes. Yeah, so you, it's like it's like you never know. Yeah, I mean, April the weather could be good to to where the eggs aren't going to go bad fast. Uh, you know, they could be left over for some some holidays. You could catch a nice sixty degree day. Yeah, N- none are taken though. None are taken. It's a it's a yeah. Somebody brand. somebody said it there and forgot to you know. That's what I'm to trying to illustrate. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a forgetful I'm, thing. And again, I I said it earlier in the podcast. We evolved with noses to tell us. Am I going to eat this or am I not going to eat this? I'm going to mm-hmm. smell them. And if, they pass, if they pass the sniff test, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm eating them and I'm going to judge them very mm-hmm. critically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does any deviled egg pass the sniff test? I mean, it depends. Oh, yeah. 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 You yeah, know when, yeah. when they start going south, especially you that mayonnaise. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. For me, they smell like funk right from the beginning. Like big yeah, but that's, a different, that's different. Oh. There's an egg, there's a, yeah, there's an egg funk and then there's a, yeah, a, a tinged ear. Sure. Thank God we have noses, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I that's that's how I know if like if meat goes bad or anything like that. You give it a good, you smell yeah. it and you know. To tee off of this, let's say you're in a, like a, a cocktail party engagement or uh, perhaps even Thanksgiving. And, you know, an elderly person puts out a plate of deviled eggs. Mm-hmm. She didn't go and get the uh, fancy, you know, egg-shaped Tupperware, you know, holder, no refrigerated packs like Logan mm-hmm. informed us about. She just put them on a, you know, a, a dinner plate, brought them in some saran wrap. Mm-hmm. They've been sitting there for five hours. They're getting... Really? Oh, uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Dude, yeah, I mean, I just, the, the thing about it is you all, you, you can always learn from experiences like that. Right. You know, and, and they're so good. So, yeah, so, 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 so great grandma Beatrice puts out her eggs at 8 a.m. Well before people oh, show yeah. up. And now we're talking. Early riser. The, the part, she's gone to bed. 2, the, 2 p.m. The party has gone on and we've been playing all sorts of different games. If there's deviled eggs left at that point, I mean, I wasn't at that place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> would you engage at 2 p.m.? Yeah. I mean, like I said, like right. your nose is going to tell you. And and I got yeah. I got buddies that like I won't eat bass or northern or bad. All these p- things that like people say about, you know, like the the stories or the opinions of, of you know, that, they're people that have never done it, you know, right. never eaten a bass or never eaten a northern. It's like right. I, I love just northern. I just cooked northern up for my wife last night, a 41 inch northern for my South Dakota trip. I think I saw that. She, she said it was the best fish that oh, she's ever so had freshwater good. fish big old meaty fillets how did you learn to get the y bones out of it uh the the guy did it for me dude <laughs> yeah so that that guy he, he caught it that so. uncle i call uncle, uncle yeah. dan number two it's a tricky uh, it's a tricky method he, he knows how to do it but he just uses that knife and oh yeah i've never a, gotten one. finesse yeah my dad tells stories when he was a kid of grabbing loaves of bread like there's a loaf of bread on the table yeah. and shoving 
bread down his throat to push that Y bone through. Oh, I've choked on fish bones. Oh, it was, when I was a kid, it was scary as hell. It's catfish bones. It's I would never, because it's like you're partially choking. You can kind of breathe and you can feel it, but like you're like, oh, oh my god, it's bad. But I'm I'm gonna be pickling some northern, so I do have some with Y bones in it. And when you pickle it, those Y bones dissolve. So in the vinegar. So. Has anybody else brought gifts to the podcast? It's first one, baby. I mean that that that's nothing. And I, I you know, I had a really big shed, and and I was gonna say, no. you know, I'm like, I didn't want it to take up too much of the room. It was it'd be kind well, of a dick move, you know. And also, what's waiting upstairs? Yeah, you brought you brought food, you brought snacks of yep. all different varieties. Uh, do we talk about how we got in the basement? Can I just tell this story? Yeah, I'm so, gonna feel bad asking the last question now that I realized all the stuff he's done for us, but. Should I, should I let you tell the, let's, let's uh, so, ask the question. So well, I just want to say, so uh, these guys show up here tonight. I thought it was an hour after, but I got home from the, the, the yoga studio. Keep in mind, he set the time. Yeah, I set the yeah, time. No uh, and we turned, you guys helped me. Yeah, this is, this mm-hmm. is notable. You turned my spare bedroom into a, into a podcast studio. Mm-hmm. So we've got a plastic table in front of us yep. and a deer shed. That's yep. the first, that's the first room decoration we got. Stick so no it. matter what, no matter what, you will always be known as, as, as decorating the podcast <laughs> first. There ain't a picture on the walls in here. It looks like we just moved in. So love it. Love it. Logan, I'm going to need a little bit more of that because that, that is better than right. sugar. Hit, hit me with your question. Last question. Have you ever been head tossed during a wrestling match? Oh, you had to have known it was coming. Yes. You know, I, Lo- Logan behaved himself on this podcast. I was expecting a lot more stories. I kept uh, it. I kept everything yeah, very, next, very. Ne- next, uh, next, next round. Mm-hmm. Logan Steele, you have the, the one victory okay. in our wrestling history. That's all I needed. But know this. That I'm not, I'm not going to argue whatever will, you're about to we, say. We will have a rematch. <laughs> Don't know when, don't know where, but okay. it will go down. Let me get fixed. And the head toss will. Oh, no. L- Logan head tossed me in my own high school at a wrestling tournament. The very first time I met him. So this is for the backstory for those of you Holy who don't know. Holy shit, you guys didn't know We each met other? on a wrestling match, had yeah. no idea we had family connection, had no idea that we had friends connections. We saw, I think I saw your last name and my dad's like, wait. And then I think he yeah because because Logan's dad knew my my dad all all the brothers you know he they grew up you know in the same town. Big Doug's like we might be related to them. (laughs) (laughs) Texted my cousins and like yeah that's Lori and Dave's yeah yep and unfortunately my uncle was a was a fuck up and uh, didn't get to know Marcella and Melissa um, until later on but now uh, I met them you know obviously at Logan's wedding was for the first time and. I run into Marcel all the time and she's, we're, we're related. It's so funny. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, very. She, she's awesome. Man. Yeah. That just, wedding had great cupcakes. Oh yeah. I, I, I heard, um, <laughs> I was there. I, I heard, but I didn't get to try any. Somebody, somebody <laughs> ate them all. I didn't get to try one either, Dylan. So I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Some of you might <laughs> love it. Well, well done. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for the gifts. Always a pleasure. Thank you for your knowledge. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Uh, first podcast for me, um, and um, let's go eat some eat some meat. Maybe. I would like to say I'd, I'd tell you every time I see you, I think, but just really proud of you. Everything that where you came from, what happened, where you at, super proud. Ditto, brother. Cheers, Cheers everybody. Cheers. Thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm.